Holman, I cannot express to you how excited I am for the guest on this Truck Show podcast. Hey, Lightning, how excited are you? That excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we don't sit across from each other. Uh, If anybody has seen the podcast, dude, you know we have a long table in the middle. Mm -hmm. And And I'm at- I just filled all of it. I'm on one end. Well, it's not very wide. I'm on one end of the table, and you're on the other end of the table offset from each other. So Mm -hmm. there's no danger- of an HR incident right. happening. I mean, yeah, at least not from that. It's short, but at least it's thin. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's a. Oh, dang it. All right. Well, I'm, and it's I'm very Apparently, excited. also a spring. I don't know what to. <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel like this is a horrible way to get into the show, but uh, welcome back to the Truck Show podcast. This is uh, episode 300 and something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited <laughs> for keeping exact count. <laughs> right. Because uh, we got an awesome guest tonight, but we also have another awesome guest tonight that we want to introduce you to. And we also have a bunch of uh, five-star hotlines from you guys. And so we, we're we going to cover all of that and more on this episode of the Truck Show Podcast, but not before we thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. If you're looking for a new truck, put Nissan on the list. Go for a test drive at your local Nissan dealer. And to find out more, go to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price a Frontier, a Titan, a Titan XT. The Titans have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And by the way, Lightning, the Frontier... Yes. Full Nismo build uh, was at the LA Auto Show in the OVR. I guess we're calling it the OVR landing outpost. And it is sick. Who built it? Nissan. It's a oh, Nismo oh, build. Oh, it's an actual Nismo yeah, with, in-house build. It has Nismo tent, Nismo lights on it. Really? Dude, super cool. Yeah. Are, have you shared any of this on our gram? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to the Truck Show podcast, you can see uh, some of the cool uh, vehicles that we found over at the LA Auto Show and in our 25,000 square foot uh, OVR mag booth. Are you just showing off? Is yes. That, is that humble brag? That was not humble at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, congrats on the OVR booth. I've heard good things about it. That's a pretty big accomplishment, I got to say. And for those of you that don't know, if you don't live in LA, which many of you don't, the LA Auto Show is huge. I mean, there is the New York Auto Show, the Chicago, what is a uh, Detroit Auto Show, Chicago, at uh, Chicago, the, all the big ones. This is one of the big ones. Yep. And there's debuts. Anyway, like so, OVR Magazine, which is itty bitty, just a few months ago, year ago, and now is you're growing out of your own britches. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah. No, we had a, it was a, a crazy good show. We've got uh, some stuff we're working on for next year already, which is super uh, super freaking exciting. Uh, but yeah, we had something like 31 or two overlanding vehicles on the main show floor. This was the first time of the LA Auto Show in 116 years that they've had a non-OE on the main floor. No kidding. And they chose us. Couldn't be happier. We had a, a great time. And we also want to thank Banks Power, who make an incredible monster exhaust system for Holman. Yes, that's Everything. right. Your 2018 to 2023 Jeep Wrangler JL, both 3.6 naturally aspirated and 2-liter turbo. It sounds great. It's half the weight of the stock system. It's half the size of the stock system. Stainless steel, and it's a high-tuck, high-clearance. As part of the Monster Exhaust, it includes the Monster Muffler, which which has a really great authoritative growl without any drone at highway speed. So we've already installed them on a bunch of 3.6s and 2.0s, and it, it really makes the 2.0 sound a lot better than it does because the 2.0 is kind of weenie, wouldn't you admit? Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's what I mean by weenie, yes. All right, go to bankspower.com, type in your year, make, and model, and find the Jeep exhaust for your rig. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck 
show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, Holman, I have wood. I mean, I, I don't like to brag. Brag? Is that what? <laughs> but, but, I mean, it seems like a, a really weird way to get into an interview. The thing is, I have wanted to talk to Jake McKitty for six years now, and I don't know why I haven't. Oh, no, I do know why. I asked twice, and he said no. Oh, you did ask. You I never th- told me that what, you asked. No, I, I sent them messages when we first started. And they said no why? No, I think what happened, and I don't think that Or he Jake said can, not now? I don't think said, Jake's going to cop to this. All right. Are you going to call him out? No. I'm not, but but I think, listen to you. Big words. Maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see when we get him on the phone. I'll call him up. I think it. I think what happened is that we know so many people now. Like we have like one degree of separation. Uh-huh. I think he heard that our show is legit after 300 and however many episodes. I, I would hope we were legit at this point. And I think enough of his customers are our fans. Okay. That they said you you need to do this if they call. And I called and he said I, I'm in. I'm like okay. We'll talk to you tonight. So for people who don't know, the company we're going to call is Fat Fabs, and we've had their uh, show truck uh, customers who are owners of those vehicles on the on the show before. I've been thinking all day about this. How can we tell people who don't get what they are, who they are? And I think I have it. You're in love with Roadster Shop. These guys are the Roadster Shop of the body dropped community. I like that analogy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like if you're a hot rod guy, you're going to have this pro touring chassis set up for whatever, drive a... These guys do that quality of work, maybe better, but for body dropping trucks and laying them out on the ground as low as they can go. And they build the whole truck, the floors, the chassis, everything so that other than it being completely slammed, it looks like it came out of the factory that way. That's what I love is that I can't find any flaws with any of their builds. And uh, I don't know. Let's let's get uh, Jake on the phone, if you don't mind. Hello. Is this one Mr. Jake McKitty? It's Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. Hello. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) We have wanted to speak to you. I, Lightning, have wanted to speak to you, Jake, for over six freaking years. And I don't know what's taken us this long. I I know it. I know it's been taking so long. What? Uh, Apparently, you reached out to him in our early years and he told you no. (laughs) Is that true, Jake? I, I think that did happen. Jake, do you recall turning me down over Instagram? No, I don't recall that at oh, all. Oh, you don't? Really? <laughs> he's, no, really. He's, really, he's blocking me out. Uh, he's, he's dusting the uh, the bad, the ugly memories. Yeah. yeah, right. All right, we have a lot to talk to I you about. I barely remember what I ate yesterday, much less what happened years ago. Exactly. All right, we have a quick intro. Don't move, Jake. Hang tight. Here we go. Truck famous hero, star, VIP, ace, big wave, hot shot. Truck famous, big shot, big deal, big gun, big cheese, heavyweight, superstar, truck famous. That's what you are. So, Jake, you are truck famous, whether you like it or not. Did you, when, when you started lowering trucks, did you ever think that your name would really, really mean something important to the scene? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I ever went into it and I was gonna be somebody or do something. You know, it was just the uh, back then. It was just something that you wanted to do it you know it was fun 
Um, it's it's not as today where it's a business and a reputation and everything else. It was it was just you know what you wanted to do. And then you just happened to be really freaking good at it, apparently. Well, I, it's not just me. You know, I did it by myself for many years, but but building a a team that uh, specializes in their own little thing. You know, your sheet metal guys, your frame guy, your part guy. It, it takes a team to be able to 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 build these trucks day in and day out. So before we hopped on the phone, Jake Holman here put it in perspective. He said, made a comparison, and I want to see how you feel about this. That Fat Fabs and, and hold on before okay. you give him the comparison. If you don't like this comparison, actually, Lightning said it, and if you <laughs> do like it, then I definitely said it. <laughs> he comp- he said that Fat Fabs is the roadster shop of the body dropped truck world. How do you does how does that make you feel? Um, I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Then, then then it was my idea. That was definitely me. <laughs> the thing is, Jake, is that. We have seen countless Fat Fabs trucks, whether it's LST or uh, Florida Truck Meet or wherever they are, and they're always flawless, and they look like, as Holman said a few minutes ago, they came off the production line at GM. You know, they're like, since when is there a uh, a body drop Sierra 3500 yeah, so, HD? So like, that was one of the things that, for me, that I've seen several of your trucks in, in person, well, many over the years, I mean... Dating all the way back to you know when I was doing truck and magazine stuff and things like that, but mm-hmm. what I've always been amazed with is the quality and the build is imperceptible from what you would get at the factory. Whether it's something as simple as the interior trim or door sill plate, even though the body is you know six inches or, or the floor six inches higher than it was or whatever, it, everything just comes together and and looks like it was originally built that way. And to me, that is such a a hard thing to do. Yeah, uh, that's a. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's that's where you're. I mean, you, you can go down a rabbit hole as far as you know. Speaking about that, there's there's you know trying to make a truck appear factory but lowered, and then you've got all the other guys which are mostly mini truckers, I guess you'd say, that are upset that they're all cookie cutter trucks or or you know whatever the whatever the case is. They're saying there's no body mods to them. There's you're not going that deep into it but a lot of those guys don't realize what it takes to do one of these new trucks our body mods they just don't they don't see them well so Uh, i I want to give some uh some perspective here you have been the first to drop some of the newest uh duramax platforms where you have to you have a, a diesel particulate filter to contend with you have you've done the first tundra that i'm aware of the new body style tundra mm-hmm. you've done all the first guys are taking they're buying a brand new virgin the latest model like the the first new tundra the guy could get his hands on he basically delivers to you with no miles or there have been a lot of those type of vehicles that you get with zero miles on straight from the dealership mm-hmm. lot and the guys like this has been my dream to be the first guy on the planet with this truck on the ground and you're the guy to hack into it i feel like that's been happening a lot since 2013 whenever i built that 2014 chevy sema back then that was it seemed like it really took off then you know it, it's been the the newest body style or of almost every make we can't say that we we can't claim that we've gotten all of them but we've gotten quite a few of them um, of every brand new body style harder and harder and harder to do with the modules and the wiring and 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 trying to make everything happy uh to go down the road it's it's proven to be 
quite a bit difficult. And I would imagine cost goes up too, which we'll get to in, in a minute here. I want to rewind the clock a little bit. How did you get into mm-hmm. this? Were you were you a mini trucker? Were you a sport truck guy? And how did you start this company? And again, it was just you in a small shop. And w- were you always in Choctaw, Oklahoma? Tell yeah, us your background. I was born and raised here in Choctaw. Being a, a kid in high school, I worked at McDonald's. That was my first job. Uh, you know, a lot of people will be ashamed of that. And I, I mean, it is because I worked at McDonald's. I made $5.25 an hour, I think it was, minimum wage at the time. <clears throat> but the local shop at the time was Jimmy Broyles. It was, it was Auto Trends, which was a big name back in the in early 2000s. And, Huge name. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, Holman, I, you remember, I remember yeah. seeing, uh, were there ads for Auto Trends? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I mean, we, yeah, there's a, I'm sure. Yeah, all the shows. I mean, that was like, oh, it's the latest Auto Trends build, right? I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, they were in there all in a club called Pleasures. Really big uh, car club, a lot of quality rides. Uh, so me coming up into this, being 16 years old, um, I remember specifically it, it was $3,800 to bag your truck. It didn't matter what it was, mini truck, full size, whatever. It's $3,800. It <laughs> sounds to me like a, remember, remember Earl Scheib? I'll paint any car for $99.99. Yeah. <laughs> Earl Scheib, like they're doing any bag drop for $3,800. bucks. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so to me being in high school, I didn't. I don't even think I had thirty dollars in my bank account, much less thirty eight hundred. So I, I couldn't do it. I had a little less ten. I was a mini trucker. Don't like to admit that a whole lot, but yeah, whatever. Well, no, no well, what, <clears throat> the, uh, we we have to tell you that on this show, we have found that seven out of ten times we're talking to people who are important to the industry today. And guess where they started? Guess where they started? They're all oh, mini yeah. truckers. They were when you like from from Finnegan to like all these or to to builders, shop owners, manufacturers, they all and some of the guys you wouldn't even expect like guys at OEs, they were mini truckers back in the day. So I, I that is nothing to be embarrassed of. No, I, I'm not saying I'm embarrassed of it. You know, that that's the roots. That's the, the history, the story, everything else. It's just today. I'm like, ugh, mini truck. I don't I don't fit in one, much less want one anymore. So. <laughs> And, you know, you grow up and you have a little bit better or, uh, you know, higher end taste, you know, a full size, any type of full size over mini truck to me. But no, I'm, I'm not embarrassed of, of mini trucks or, or anything like that. It, all the guys at the shop give me because I, I tell them all the time, you know, I, I turn my nose up to a mini truck and almost every one of them has a damn mini truck. So uh, they give me a lot of crap about it at the shop and I'll get off track all day and day long. But, we like uh, that. That's that's we, how the show rolls, by the way. We got plenty of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time for you, my friend. We waited a long time to get you on the phone. My my dad had a welder in his garage, and it was one year for my birthday. Uh, they ordered. Uh, I asked him for an airbag kit for the front or whatever case was, and and uh, ended up bagging my little S10 in their garage. And next thing you know, I'm tooting around this pile of junk that's hacked up. You know, it it's hacked up, and uh, you know because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And then you see another guy. You meet another guy that has an S10. He's like, Oh, I want that done. I'm like, Yeah, man, I can do that. So then. We hack up his truck together, you know, probably charge a guy 200 bucks to do this, you know, and I ruined his truck. So, <laughs> and then guess what? He has a buddy that wants it done. And then it just turned into word of mouth. And that's how the business got started. At what point did you actually open, a, you know, get a thousand square feet enough to fit a couple of trucks in and, you know, welder and chop saws and all that stuff? Yeah. So I probably ran out of my parents' garage for, man, probably three or four years, five years, maybe longer until I finally actually got a shop in town. I was probably 15 minutes away right off the right off 540 and actually had a shop there and I think I was there for 5 years and then ended up moving in uh to a bigger shop 
back behind that uh, I moved in uh, with a painter buddy of mine named Charles. We ended up having a shop together for another three, four, five years until I decided I was going to slow down. I didn't want to do this anymore because I still had a full-time job throughout all this where I was driving an 18-wheeler. And I would just work nights and weekends. Dude, that's insane. What, what Were you an over-the-road, or was it a last-mile no, delivery job? Or I was a local truck driver that picked up used coconut oil. I went to oh, restaurants. interesting. Okay. And, yeah, so it, I always smelled like rather French rice? gross. Like, <laughs> yeah, like French fries. Like, like exactly. old, old French fries. That's not <laughs> so particularly bad, by the way. <laughs> by the way, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Lightning has a bag of McDonald's in so, here right now. So this full. Rate, listen. Full of French fries, and I can smell. So it's almost like a smell cast because as you're talking about that, I can smell the fry oil. Yep. Would you stop digging in the bag? Oh, huh, I got a fry left. Oh, jeez. It's all cold and soggy. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, no, it still tastes good. Uh huh. Until it's like cold, then it's bad. It's got to be close. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not particularly great. It's not great. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're rolling around picking up everyone's cooking oil. Calling it some mm-hmm. kind of interesting tanker truck, and at, where is the jump-off point where you say, "I can do this full time. I have enough clients," or what is that tipping point? Yeah, so uh, I, I moved away from the city, and you know, I met my wife. We settled down. We we, we moved back to Choctaw to put my daughter through the same schools that I went through, uh, and that was me trying to slow down out here. Um, I don't remember how many years it was. I just worked in a sixty by forty next to the house, um, and then the company that I worked for ended up selling out to like a, a large company that was just all corporate. And me and that company didn't see eye to eye. I think this was probably 2014, 2015. Um, and that was when the point where I walked away and said, well, I'm going to regret if I don't ever try this full time. So at that point I went self-employed and have never gone back. And what was the first build that put you on the map? Was it that 14 was a Silverado or a GMC or was there something before that? 2010, I took my first truck to SEMA. I'd been going to SEMA since probably 2006. And then finally built it. It, it was a truck that was uh, lifted. It was on the cover of trucking. Um, it was red, had flames down the side. I don't remember. It, I had it lifted. It was, it was, it was probably 9, 10 feet tall in the air. Um, Holy I ended up pulling all that chassis out from under it, built a chassis, um, and put it all the way on the ground on uh, – 24. So that, that was more or less the, uh, that, that got me triggered, I guess you say, to, to build more. So the fact that you put um, it yeah. up in the air and then went to SEMA with it and then slammed it. Like, yeah. well, it, it didn't go to SEMA lifted. I, I got okay. the truck in a trade. Uh, it was already lifted whenever I got it, but uh, taking a truck that was monster truck sky high um, and then lowering it was, to me, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, it was procharged and all kinds of fun stuff back then but and what was the first truck that someone brought you brand new that you looked at and said are you sure like this has zero miles on it i think it was my own truck it was (laughs) that that 2014 chevy back in 2013 that i was i put a feeler out on the uh severed ties page i've been in severed ties for since 2006 as well i think but so you know you know brett oaks you know brett oaks then Oh, I'm not going to admit that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Brett's been on the show, so... Well, and Brett, know, Brett would uh, make sure he would never admit to knowing us either, That's, so it's, that it's fine. That is entirely <laughs> possible, yes. <laughs> Brett's told us stories that we had to edit out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so we're like, oh, oh, hey, uh, you know this goes out in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, he, but dude, Brett was on like when we were in the old studio 
over in Anaheim. Like, what's that? Two, three years ago? No, th- four. Six oh God, years ago? Right. What are you talking about? Is it six years ago? It's been five years. Holy yeah, crap. Years. I just saw Brett. There might Moses. be a few stories with Brett that I'm involved in. <laughs> <laughs> we might have those on the cutting room floor from previous podcasts, yeah. just saying. Look, I don't know how he deals with other people. I love Brett. I think Brett's super rad. I, I have only good stories for Brett, but like I don't I, I didn't hang around with him in his mini trucking days. I met him through a mutual friend, Steve Brown at Alpine. He was hanging around okay. Alpine and uh, and we were I was in the install bed. And we just, I, I, I love the dude. So, anyway, you were you were doing severed ties, and um, and you dropped that. F- you said what year? Yeah, it was a fourteen. 14. I, I was trying to get somebody to bring me one. I was trying to get somebody to buy it because it was a new body style in twenty fourteen. I was trying to get somebody to bring me one because I really wanted to be the first one to do one of those. Um, and and had a couple of people interested, but nobody. It started getting close to the time because I think I had a SEMA spot through trucking for the for a truck. It was going to be a new body style, and I couldn't get anybody to bring me one. So I finally just went to the dealership. They they started getting rebates on them, so I finally went to the dealership, just bit the bullet and bought one. And you know, it it, it goes back to the you know trying to build a truck in four or five weeks. Oh. Back then, I I've done a bunch of that crap. <laughs> that's it, that's the one where you're that's like the real SEMA crunch. You've got the uh, the sawzall, and you're like, where do I start? Yeah. That's gonna oh, be the, the worst the, part. The worst SEMA crunch I've ever done. Um, I had two employees at the time. It was me, Kyle, and Sean. So we were still pretty small in the sixty by forty here next to the house. And we did that brand new F one fifty when they they first came out. They were aluminum, and we did that new Escalade. We did both of those in four weeks, start Dang. to finish. I think and, was and we, that Escalade the one we saw at Lone Star Throwdown several yeah, years ago? What's the, the Escalade is owned by the the Rolex jewelry salesman. What's his name? We've had him on the show before. I'm spacing out. Uh, guy... he, yeah, Shulman. Yeah, Shulman. Yeah, he, yeah. he owned it at one time. Okay. He ended up wrapping it. Uh, but yeah, it was. It, I think it was a 2015 Escalade. Uh, we built it for uh, our buddy Carlos in New Mexico. He's actually the same one that owned the the 21 that I've got here as well. But. So that was the year my dually got stolen. We we pulled that twin tar, or I loaned my truck. I think I think we loaned my truck to a guy named Twig that had the twin turbo blue Tahoe that we had out there in the Acura booth that year. Uh, that dually got stolen in the parking lot, so we ended up having to drive that F one fifty from Vegas back to Oklahoma. Oh, it, you know we we built it in two weeks and sent it to paint, and was was forced to drive that damn truck back. So that was a good. Maiden voyage. The problem is you. Were, problem is you were dealing with a guy named Twig. I mean, that's your first tip right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, now wait. So you, you proved though that you could build a truck, send it to paint, get it done for SEMA, and then drive it home like it was durable. It didn't break down on the way, uh, way back to the spot, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, we drove it back, and then uh, I think we turned back around and drove it to Severn in the Southwest a few weeks later, back in Arizona and Phoenix area. So when you're yeah. taking a truck and you're you're slamming it, so it's on air, it's notched, it's or it's a full chassis. What are the mm-hmm. hurdles to get? You, we talked about wiring. That's I can't even imagine how you get past the wiring or the plumbing, right? Or the brake lines or mm-hmm. so much of. You have to consider everything, like because there's provisions on the factory frame for all these mm-hmm. uh, for, for all these these cables and pipes and tubes and such and brackets. Yeah, are you just stripping it clean, or are you starting fresh with a new chassis that you've designed in CAD? Take us through that. We're semi up to date. We still use two dimensional software. We're not, you know, we're not Roadster Shop. We don't have that kind of money, but we still use 
two-dimensional software. We'll design the chassis before we ever take a vehicle apart. We'll have, you know, the basic guidelines uh, prior to, you know, actually working on the vehicle. But, uh, you know, we'll still, you know, a lot of our suspensions carry over, you know, like our C10s and our uh, OBSs. They they utilize pretty much the same front engine cradles. Um, Our 99 all the way up to present day half tons, they'll use the same engine area, Um, you know, just different upper control arms or control arm links and stuff like that so you know the hard part's been done it's been fine-tuned over the years to be able to reuse a lot of the the uh, r&d i guess you'd say let's talk about the chassis specifically though so you have you 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 joked about roadster shop like they were doing it kind of the hard way you know like old school way for a really long time and they brought in uh you know 3d magic mike who is a cad genius if you guys don't follow mike at, at Roadster Shop, you should because he's building the most, the world's most expensive Datsun ever, Datsun pickup, and um, they've got him going there. So, like that would maybe that's your next step is is turning out chassis. But how how do you, or I should say, turning out chassis um, in mass, right? The way that they do, that's kind of become their business right. model. How do you do them now? Like you you do the two D drawings. And then you you're welding it up, but how are you coming up with all the provisions, all the 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 bracketry to hold everything that's you know hung off that chassis? That is done old school, same way, same way. I guess uh, what you're saying they used to do. It, it's a uh, you're you're making brackets for every little thing that mounts to it. You know, like the, these newer one ton dualies, like the the twenty and newer. There's a little bit goes into those because you have to reuse the gearbox because there are sensors in the, the gearbox. So you're integrating those tabs and everything into the front frame section um, it, as well as the sway bar and some other stuff. So that there's, you know, it is real primitive, but it, you know, it still can save you a, a ton of time by uh, placing that into a computer, you know, rather than sketching it on, on a piece of paper or on a frame table or whatever. But, you know, it, to me, it's still primitive because I can, I see what's out there and what's available. Um, but you know, it comes with a lot of knowledge and in, in seat time as well. Um, in, in trying to learn the programs to be able to do that, it's almost kind of intimidating to try to learn it. Well, I, I guess you're kind of like a painter, right? Is that you've painted so many, the guys who's, who's painted hundreds and hundreds of cars or trucks, he just knows the subtleties, the art behind it, right? How, how mm-hmm. thick yeah. to lay something down for snot, or all these things like you built so many of these. Now, CAD may or may not help you. Well, you know? I don't, I don't think it could hurt. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, we're, I, I don't like the idea of saying we're setting our ways uh, because that means you're not progressing, um, you know, with technology, the technology always, you know, you, you know, we always have to be trying to, push everything forward you know especially when you get in these newer vehicles and how much harder they are to do you know well, we're on the thing. verge at that point right now you look at on the vehicles it's not just the technology in the vehicles but it's how they build them and things such as panel gaps and tolerances mm-hmm. are so much tighter than they used to be the, the margin for error you know they're most of them are, are welded by robots and they're well, verified they, by you, lasers you, you at the factory. The, I, I want to point out the 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 gaps on these newer vehicles, the, the 2022 F-150, we just had at SEMA. It was, it was like the cloud gray. Yeah. Um, that guy, that owner owns a detail shop and a body shop. 
And when he dropped that truck off, I took about 25 pictures and sent to him and showed him every gap that was wrong on that truck because it's aluminum, right? Yeah, but it's a Ford, uh, so. <laughs> it is, it is a Ford, so there's a handicap there. <laughs> but, but I sent him all these pictures of this truck and, and stated to him, I was like, dude, like this is this is horrendous from the factory. And, and there was somebody, um, somebody commented on one of our posts saying that, you know, the one door uh, or the uh, it was the front door on the passenger side doesn't match the rear door. And, and, you know, they're, they're just talking a bunch of shit about, you know, the truck not matching. If you're going to spend this much money and have it to see them, blah, 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 it should match. And the one guy says, yeah, who painted that door? And the owner got on our page and said, Ford, Ford painted the doors. <laughs> like, they just did not match from the factory. But, I've but seen later, that. We later on, we, we found out that uh, they only ran that color for one year because of the, the, how it was hard it was to match that color. It was only available in 2022. You can't get it in a 23 or a 24. Look uh, at a um, that color just doesn't match. Billet silver on a Wrangler JL or a Ram truck, and billet mm-hmm. silver on lots of cars. They put on all sorts of stuff. If you look at it in the sun, direct sunlight, especially on like a low sun angle, it they always look like they have tr- tiger stripes, as if the metallic oh, yeah. in it didn't spread evenly it kind of congealed on it and i've seen so many trucks from the factory with that color where the paint quality or, or does it look good? like does it look like the paint came out in bursts like, no like, it, it looks it, it looks like the flake came out in bursts oh. so it's like flake heavy <laughs> and then it's light then it's flake heavy then it's like, and you'll see like a tiger stripe pattern and i had somebody go oh man that thing got repainted i'm like no unfortunately i've seen a bunch of them like that and um, it's like the, it's like the air compressor was broken, it, like it was pulsed as it, as it was spraying the metallic. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, that the those you know a factory has certain maintenance intervals, and they're swapping paints and running you know only a couple colors at a time, sort of a thing. And um, you know, there's like when you build a truck, talking about the the panel gaps and stuff, they do like a random check where they've built the body and it's welded up by the robots, but jigs move over time. So there's certain intervals that they have to replace the tooling at the factory where it stamps out the pieces because what they'll do is they'll have a finished body go into like a quarantine area and they have a laser 3D scanner that scans the entire body to see if anything's out of tolerance so they know if the tools are wearing out. But there's a certain amount of those that they let go by before they replace the tools because any downtime is is lost expensive. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, right. cars are not the same. The one car next to the other that look identical at the car lot are always going to have some sort of variance in tolerances depending on when it was built, where it was built. Dude, you don't even stuff. want to talk about my TRX. I'm telling you, the hood, <laughs> I'll take you out there right now, and the hood is so wonky. I was like, oh, my God, it's depressing. It's a quarter inch on one side and three inches on the other. Like take the it to a body is, shop. That's an easy fix. I mean, it's just it, an alignment I, thing. I know. It's just, but, like, it came that way from the factory. Well, hood's yeah. one thing. It's yeah. your quarter panel and your no, door is touching all, and stuff. You know, That's, it's, it's not awful, but it's, it's noticeable. It's embarrassing. So uh, on your you should sell that thing on your nope on your chassis <laughs> on your chassis how much of the original I'm looking on your homepage right now at fatfabs.com by the way we didn't say this p h a t p h a b z fat fabs super 90s name yeah, there that that was it was really cool to misspell back in 1999 <laughs> you had the internet and so you didn't get to like a, sucks. you didn't get to like 2016 or something go let's just take out the vowels too on top of no, it dude, this, <laughs> this is all this is lincoln park corn all those bands yeah. that were all misspelled you know like everything was mm-hmm. yep yeah anymore if you're on the phone you're trying to 
give an email address or a, a web address. It's P's and Paul, H's and hat, A's and Apple, T's and it's. They're like, what? <sighs> hey, I emailed you. Yeah. Chassis. Uh, um, are you? I'm scrolling through the the photos. Like your '91 to 2000 Chevy GMC 3500 rear kit. It looks like you're using a fair amount of the stock chassis, or am I smoking crack? So that that's that's probably just the rear kit that we've got. Uh, if you go to full frames on on the website under the store, I see it. There you go. Pretty much. So it actually thing. is lightning, smoking crack. There it is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start offering full chassis? Because you were building trucks for the longest time for probably over a decade, yeah. right? And you said, "Oh, there's money in parts." So I, I I was never really a fan of getting into the parts, but the people or customers calling asking, you know, they would see a truck done and they're like, whoa, I'm across the country. Sell me that chassis or whatever the case is. So it, it turned into, hey, we should probably jig this because that's a third guy that's called the last two weeks that wants one of these. And we're like, man, we can make some money by doing this. So that's how it kind of turned into a parts deal. And then on top of that was we were installing other manufacturers kits you know, we're paying for kits and they weren't, um, well, let's, let's keep this, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they weren't the greatest. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So right. if you want to say the I, word, so we know, we promise to bleep it out of, of whose? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was saying, if you wanted to drop a curse word to describe the, uh, your competition, oh. yeah. yeah, you feel free. Well, or yeah, if you they... want to name your competition, either way, we, mm. we love all that. <laughs> Well, it it, just, it was it was one of those deals that, that you know you're tired of modifying somebody else's parts. That we just got to a point where we're going to design our own parts. We're going to do this instead. We're going to build our own kits that we're installing. And then at that point, you know, you're building a jig to build all this stuff. You might as well offer it as a kit. So it kind of we kind of got thrown all into it at the same time. So what has been the most difficult truck to drop of all time? Uh, the brand new Escalade. Really? Okay. But, because why? Uh, they come with a independent rear, um, so you're transitioning that. Um, and in this, this, so man, here's the thing. There's, there's the 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 new Escalade, and then we did that brand new Denali, right? So they're they're very very similar as far as what they are, but that Escalade was probably three times as hard as that Denali. Uh, we just. It, the Escalade just giving us fits from day one, but I mean, nonetheless, we just drove it to SEMA and back, so it's not a uh, it's not whooping us no more. But we've got it, we got it uh, pretty much lined out. It's it's almost a hundred percent. I mean, it's hundred percent that it runs down a highway and does. I mean, I, I think it does one hundred and fifteen on the highway. I can't uh, confirm or deny <laughs> and, that. Well, right. Mexico uh, it does, right? In Mexico, he's been told that. In right, Mexico. right. He, he loaned the keys to someone and they yeah, they told fine. him that he did that. Exactly, totally fine. Right. Yeah. So that, that was, was fun. So, so the Escalade, and so the, the how did you end up solving that? How far did you have to raise the floor in the back to accommodate all the links? Um, so the, it's, I mean, it's the longer version of the Escalade. So, you know, it's got its rear seats. It does not have the third row. Um, but, you know, it's got 30 by 12s in the rear of it right now. And, and uh, you know, the tubs are a couple inches from the window uh, or a couple inches from are the, the inside the of, the of the tubs touching. <laughs> no, no. He's not. He's not no, building dragsters. Right. Well, I mean, it's getting so, close. On all these newer body styles, the 19 and newer GMs, the bodies are so much bigger than they have been in previous years. That, I mean, it, to be honest with you, I could put a 32 on this thing, and it would still clear. 
or, or you could put 32s on this one's, you know, the sheet metal is an inch over the 30 inch tires, but, uh, the, the brand new dually, the 24 dually we just had at SEMA. I was trying to push for these wheel manufacturers to do 32s for it as well. I can fit 32s in the front of that truck. Dang, uh, they're, just, they're so much bigger. Um, and they're allowing for larger wheels and tires. They almost need to have that big of a wheel and tire so that your kind of signature, um, uh, the, the look? Well, yeah, but the, the, the signature proportion that you've had over the years of these big wheels tucking inside the wheel wells, the, the trucks have gotten so much bigger, and the wheel wells are so much bigger, you you almost need to go to that size wheel so that the yeah. that sort of like fat fabs proportion stays a- alive. Well, I'm look at this, so I'm going to flip this around. Can you imagine you spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on a truck? And the wheels look small when you're done. Well, look, look, look at this. So this is I was I was thumbing through his photo gallery on yeah. FatFabs.com. A, a Ram DT, and I'm looking at a Ram DT, right? I'm sorry, Ram DS. Uh, DS. So that's fourth gen Ram, right? Yep. And so he's got. I'm guessing those are maybe 22s, and they yeah, look like they look marbles. Like they look like tiny little marbles in there. But they tuck so nice. They do tuck nice, but they just look too small by comparison. I, I notice you don't do all, uh, that many Rams. Is that just because your clientele hasn't requested them or what is, what's, what's the reason? Yeah. You get very few Rams or Fords. Um, you know, the, the majority of the, the lowered market is going to be a Chevrolet. Everybody wants the Chevrolet pickups or the, or the GMC. So, uh, that, that takes up a lot of our, uh, time of doing those. So, you know, that's our, our number one, if, if it's, if it's GM, I mean, I mean, look, what was it at Dino's over the weekend? They said there was 9,000 trucks there, Chevy only. I mean, that can, that, You'll never get that at, at a Ford show or a Ram show. Put Fords and Rams together. You're not going to get that anywhere close to it. They're so, just not as popular. Holman, that goes back to my theory about Ford F-150s. So I want to oh, – no, let's ask, let's ask Here Jake. We go. Let's ask Jake. He's a third party, independent third party, right? <sighs> so, Jake, the number one truck in the world or in the country, right, is a Ford F-150. Also the world. It, also the and there are some that say it's the most quote unquote modified mm-hmm. truck, right? And I say it's most modified because guys are bolting on roof racks and things that are for like Mud work trucks. trucks. And they're they're work trucks, right? They're fleet vehicles. So you know what's funny is you're going to get so much and hate mail not- from this because this has already been adjudicated by our audience on the Truck Show podcast. And you are relitigating the, I the am, case because I don't. But you're not. T- but you're you're qualifying it. And you're setting Jake up not with the parameters of the discussion, no, but, but with what you want I, him no, to believe. I, no, but I reset this, and I said that from Truck the Show Podcast very, at gmail.com. No, listen, listen, a hole. In the very beginning, <laughs> in the very beginning, I said modified, and then you said, "Oh, well, what about roof racks and things like that, and and storage trays and all this stuff?" I'm like, no, no, that's I meant not mod- what was. Said. I meant modifying for like no. enthusiasm, automotive enthusiasm, you, right? No, wheels, you, tires. Th- you went off a survey mm-hmm. that included all modifications for all vehicles. And then you said, no, those don't count. I only want to include these things. So then you became the arbiter of what was a modification Hell and yeah, what was it. Yeah, I did. And of course. all of these guys emailed us and said, Lightning, you're an idiot because I'm a small business owner who has a work truck that has matching wheels to my boat that I towed sure, because that's, I, that's a minority. See, there he goes. No, there, but that, that's a qualification. <laughs> no, but, that's, but he's telling us that, oh. dude, he's talking about Chevy owners. No, you're Chevy telling owners, him. No, he's the one that no. said it. That's what sprung the topic. All right, Jake, what say you? Do people modify more Fords or Chevys? I see Chevys here, but he, he, I am from Oklahoma, which is oil field country. So 
you see a ton of white F-150s and F-250s everywhere with grill guards with running boards everything else in them but those are mods that you people have to have to do a job not, not mods that they want to have not necessarily still mod, still, mod. still a mod thank you thank you thank you jake <laughs> it's still a mod lightning that <laughs> blew up in your face mother <laughs> wow we got home in a curse that was awesome yeah i'm gonna do it again that was fun <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know what's funny is that every time you have a guest that you think will be sympathetic yeah. to your bullshit, they they, they go turn on me. They turn on you. Do you know I don't care every right? time. Do you know I don't care at all. It's it's what I like to call podcast magic. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't mind at all. Listen, I believe what I believe. B- Jake, b- facts be damned. Jake, I'm sending you a, a five dollar bill in the mail. <laughs> See the difference between lightning eye is. I'm going to thank you for that and send you a $5 bill. Lightning's going to ask when you can build him a chassis for his next truck I, I, for dude, free. I have, <laughs> listen, I have lusted out. So I've, uh, I've asked some of your customers what it would cost to get into a brand new truck, zero miles, and, and slammed in doing the fat fabs work to it, and I can't, I can't afford it based on what I, I know about your, your customers. And Mm-hmm. I, I lust after it. I want it, but unless I hit the lottery or get a new job, I'm I'm hosed. But you keep any of those five dollars, you're not ever going to afford it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. You, you uh, have to keep those in your pocket. Exactly. Hey, uh, tell us about the white tundra that was sitting outside of the central hall at the uh, at the SEMA show. Yeah, uh, brand new tundra brought to us with uh, paper plates on it. It's like we was talking about before, but uh, he wanted the first one. We obliged. It took us, uh, I think, almost a year to do Whoa. that. Whoa! It was a uh, man. That's to- Toyota can suck. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, we got the whole damn. We got it all put back together. Um, all the emissions were put back onto it. You know, obviously there's no tune or anything you can do with those, but, uh, you know, relocating the, the, the wires underneath the dash, uh, not underneath the dash, but the, the, um, Oh, what do you call them? The boots. Oh yeah. Where the wiring harness enters through the firewall. Yep. Um, are you talking about like for the, sheet metal? the harness or for the hybrid? Was it a hybrid yeah. one? No, it wasn't a hybrid. Okay. Lucky um, you. Woo. But right. So we ended up having to relocate one, there's one on either side. So basically the harness just kind of does a big U and goes back inside the other side. Um, so one of my sheet metal guys got to it and didn't pull the, or didn't label the wires going out, which isn't usually a big deal because when you pull those out on any other truck, they go back in one place. Um, not the case with Toyota. They, uh, they like to use almost the same plug on everything and they all interchange and a blue plug plugs into a black plug, which you would normally think a blue would plug into a blue receptacle. Um, not the case. Um, everything in the back of it. Uh, we end up at the, the, the guy that owns the F-150, the 22 F-150 we're talking about with the door. He's the one that ended up doing the paintwork on the Tundra. We had everything labeled on the back of the truck uh, with the rear sensors, the parkade sensors, the taillights, everything else. So when we put it all back together, we peeled our little tapes off. Should have left those because... That poor guy was, he pulled it all apart, had it all painted, went to put it back together and realized that the parkade sensors, taillights, the 110 plug, everything was the same plug and it all interchanged on the back of the truck. Oh. Um, and that's what we ran to, into underneath the dash uh, was there was a, a large cam lock plug 
probably 30, 40 wires in it that interchange with another one, as well as those other plugs, the, the you know, private 12 to 14 pin plugs that interchanged with other ones. I was, I FaceTimed the owner. His wife has a Sequoia that's brand new. Uh, it's a 22 as well, I think. So I ended up FaceTiming him one night. He's in Georgia. So he was at 11 o'clock at night. I'm at 10 o'clock at night FaceTiming. And he's underneath his wife's dash, ripping everything apart to FaceTime me to show me what it's supposed to look like. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Just trying to get this thing. Yeah. Cause it, it was sounds... like certain things would work. Like the, the windows would roll up and down, but the oh, mirrors would dude. work. The radio would come on, but the volume wouldn't work. You like, know what that sounds like? Weird stuff. That sounds like doing this podcast with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> where, where sometimes like certain things will work yeah. and things flash and it's just yeah. really painful. I, I'm very intermittent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, th- but it wasn't a CAN bus issue or it was? No. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I still, this day don't know how we had two of these things backwards and it didn't pop any fuses. That, that still blows my mind. I, I don't understand that, but, uh, but we were able to get them switched around uh, just by trial and error. And, and you know, that FaceTime, uh, to see what that new Tundra or uh, Sequoia looked like. And I was able to get it all switched around, fired it up, and drove it to the exhaust shop. And so, so, I mean, it was, it, uh, it's crazy because you don't, like, have all data or any of these services that would have wiring diagrams because no, it takes uh, at least six to eight months, sometimes longer, for this stuff to filter through to, like, a mechanics uh, databases where you drive in yeah. a, into a shop, your brand-new 24, and the mechanic's like, I can't help you. I have no data on this. You have to take it to the dealership. And, of course, in many cases, the dealers don't even know how these things are wired. Like, they just – I'm running – I'm going through that right now with a 24 dually. We, uh, you can't delete them. Um, which deleting is illegal. You should never do that. That's so right. We put, uh, you heard it once again on the <laughs> truck show podcast. Deleting <laughs> is bad. Don't do it. We rebuilt every bit of the DPF and put it all back onto this 24 because you couldn't delete it. Correct. Um, so we, you know, we built the, the, uh, oh, what's the, the diesel exhaust fluid container, which thank you, Chevrolet, all that glues in from the bottom so you it's not like a fuel pump that bolts in from the top it all glues in from the bottom so we had to <laughs> we had to figure all that out and uh, and you know as we end up having two hoses hooked up backwards on the particulate filter the the you know the two hoses go up into one sensor it's a, a pressure differential yeah the del- pressure d- differential d- d- yep delta pressure sensor yep yeah so we had those two backwards uh fry to sensor and it allowed me to drive 250 miles before it threw a code on the dash uh, on the way to SEMA because we were driving this truck because we're not punk bitches. And, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so we we got it started counting me down miles. That you know it told me that it, I had 174 miles before it shut me down to 65. And we got into Albuquerque and uh, met up with some buddies there that knew somebody at the Chevrolet dealership and they're in there trying to figure this thing out and at least just clear the codes. I was like, man, just clear the damn thing and I'll get to Flagstaff and I'll find somebody else to clear them there. I was like, I'm driving this damn truck to Vegas. Uh, dealership couldn't couldn't get it done, so so did they did they that right now. did they do a forced regen? Like was the DPF clogged, or you, it was because you flipped the two sensors pre and post DPF? Um, yeah, they're they're saying that I fried the sensor, which there's not a whole lot going on in that sensor. So since I put another one on it, um, but since it's in the the re, it's not a reduced engine power, the truck still runs fine, um, but it, it's speed limited to to 55 right now. 
but with the 30 inch wheels on it, that's more like 66, 67. Yeah. So you can still run down the highway so if you wanted to. I wonder if it thinks that the DPF is full because the sensors are off. Like, so you, you I, I think it does. Yeah. As an, um, as an it, aside, so can I tell you this? So my day job is working at banks. And what we did is we got mm-hmm. the first 24 uh, GMC Sierra Denali Ultimate in California that we were aware of. Mm-hmm. I went up in the high desert, picked it up, and brought it back to the shop. And the guy said, whatever you want to do to it, like put some parts on it, send it back to me. Young dude owns a wrecking yard. Super cool. Anyway, what we discovered right away is that we hacked off the exhaust pipe and put on our five inch monster exhaust and it Mm -hmm. dropped the back pressure enough that if you drove down the street 10 miles, you'd get a reduced engine power notification because it threw off those two sensors and it thought that the DPF, the diesel particulate filter, was full of soot, even though it was brand new and empty and was nowhere near needing a, a regeneration cycle. So, mm-hmm. like, the sensors are so much more sensitive in the 24 than in the 23, as they are in, oh, yeah. up, up, up in the front of the truck where the intake, the MAF sensor is new. It's digital instead of analog. There's a new pressure sensor. So if, you're, um, if you change out your uh, cold air intake, um, it is looking for... Uh, an air filter that maybe gets deformed or tacoed and sucks air around it, the pressure changes and it sets off a light and sends you into limp mode. So there's all these right. new tighter tolerances on the uh, tighter tolerances on the 24 that didn't exist on previous generations of the Duramax. And it's just, so I, I feel your pain. Like, so we, we can't even put our exhaust on a brand new truck because it flows too much. That's literally the reason. So we have to, we're creating a, a, a module, an electronic module that will go in line of those two sensors you just talked about and will lie mm-hmm. to lie to the ECM to tell it it's a different pressure than it actually is so we can incre- uh, decrease the back pressure out the tailpipe. Just anyway, it's like that's been our hell for the last six months or so since having our hands on that truck. Well, whenever you get those sensors ready, I did one yesterday. <laughs> we will we'll, yeah well, it's probably going to be middle of the first quarter like we have to start ground up no one's like if you go get uh, any of our co- competitors like if you go by whether it's a chinese exhaust or one made domestically if it swedges up to it increases in size from the four inch stock up to a five inch and you try and put on your brand new uh duramax it's gonna throw check mm-hmm. engine lights so we have to solve it electronically so you're you're feeling my pain when I say these things are getting harder and harder to work on. Big time, big time. Like I don't even know what I you're think doing. The OEM doesn't want us to work on them. No, uh, they I don't. Think you're I right. mean, with Global B and all the other stuff that they're doing, right? How one module can check the other module and override it. Ultimately, like in the Ford, I was just talking to a friend of ours. The the guys who were offering starting in 21 with Ford they locked everybody out basically. So mm-hmm. the only way to tune a 23 and a 24 Ford, I, actually, I don't even think the 24s are available yet. The 23s is you have to put an older generation ECM in there and it will work, yeah. but they have to hot plate it, open it, uh, change some wiring in there, resolder new components on and then give it back to you basically. But they're not using a 23 ECM. They're giving you a 20, uh, 20 or earlier ECM in your 2023 truck. And uh, man, it's just a lot of a lot of hoops to jump through. From what I understand, these are Global C now instead of Global B. Hmm. Well, that would suck if that was true. <laughs> I've yeah. not heard that, anything about what, that. Uh, okay. um, I can't remember who was telling me that. Uh, somebody at SEMA I went and talked to said that these are on Global C, uh, just like the new Corvettes are. Oh. I'm a, I'm, well, so, that's uh, like that. This truck has an E42 computer in it, where the 23 had an E41. So you can't can't touch them. 
Right. I mean, it's going to take HP tuners a little while because they're going to, what HP tuners does, they'll take the actual ECM, you send yours, they use it either mm -hmm. as a core, they open the ECM, they heat it up, they open it like a clam shell, and they remove components. And basically, I say it like if you had a castle and a moat around the castle, they will build a bridge over the moat into the castle or they'll airlift, right. you know, you into the castle. And that's how they're doing it. And they're doing it with literally just wires and solder. Like they're not reprogramming any chips necessarily to get past it. They're, yeah, just, they're, hard just, wiring around, it. they're just hard wiring around it. And then they send it back to you with this new wiring inside. So you can then upload a flash through the OBD port. So that was one of those things that I was really interested in how you were pulling off because I remember your trucks were slammed and I go, there's got to be a DPF under there. Like, did he raise the passenger seat to move to make room for the DPF? Because that that canister is two feet long and a foot around. Yeah, they're huge. It's huge. Well, that, we're having a raised bed floor, we we just basically moved everything back. I I think it's probably back maybe two and a half feet. Uh, you know, it's it's tight. It's still really tight to the floor and tight to the ground, but. It's uh everything's just been kind of pushed back and and one of the guys at the dealership dealership said that that distance right there could be changing my pressures in the particular filter. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be a nightmare trying to get this truck to run good. It's it's crazy how all the things we used to know, you just one little change that you don't think will be a big deal is mm -hmm. they're so sensitive. Yeah, and they're becoming more and more sensitive. Is the is the problem, but which keeps you on your toes. It keeps you learning. Yeah. Now let's, so something that Holman has been covering for quite some time is the ADAS systems. So, ADOS. ADOS, I'm sorry, ADOS systems, which are your proximity sensors. Uh, is it lane keeping as well? Are they, are they all those sensors included, Holman? It, so It's basically the, uh, the safety, you know, automotive safe, uh, safety system. For example, my TRX, we talked about on the show a couple times. So Jake, if I were to, I put 37s on, it came with 35s. I would go 37s. And in, in, technically, I can go into the computer using my my uh, Taser, Z Automotive Taser, little module, and I can say oh, it's got 37s, and it will take it, and it will recalibrate the, the speedometer so it reads accurately. However, mm -hmm. if I do that, it disables my lane changing or lane keeping. It disables the proximity uh, on cruise control. Um, it disables a bunch of these features. If I do that, because it throws off the angle ever so slightly. Which is weird because on my same year Wrangler, no problem. I think it's can, where... Can you not have it recalibrated? No, I don't think so. So on the Wranglers, you can have all the stuff recalibrated, but they work up to like a three and a half inch lift and 37s. For some reason on the RAM platform, um, it causes a bunch of uh, errors uh, where adaptive cruise doesn't work. And then basically, so so ADOS, which is going to be federally, a lot of it's fam, uh, federally mandated. So it's basically all the advanced driver assistance system is what it stands for. Um, there's going to get to be a part where bumpers and things like that that aren't compatible with all that um, are going to cause a problem in the aftermarket. And I wonder if like, we get to a point where if the safety system isn't working, the truck won't run. Oh, I'm sure. Think about your, your I mean, once again, I'm from Oklahoma, so there's a lot of uh, one-ton dualies with flatbeds on them. Yeah. Uh, my brother, he's a kicker, so he, has, he always <laughs> has me put his flatbeds on his truck. And, you know, you lose the... Uh, well, I think he had a Ford at one time that had the sensors that were in the, you know, he likes the, the, the amenities of a, of a nicer truck on the sure. inside. So, yeah. you know, Ford has the sensors in the taillight that you delete. Um, you know, I think he's got a brand new Denali right now. You know, we just put a new hay bed on it for him with the spikes on it and all that cool stuff. 
if you're into that type of deal. But, you know, all the rear bumper sensors that are in it and the, the taillights that go into that. Yeah, what people don't realize it's, it's always a, is Chevy came out with those rear corner steps. And now mm-hmm. Ford has them on the 24s, but Chevy came out with them first. And everybody's like, oh, that's yeah. so great. The only reason Chevy came out with that is because they needed the blind spot sensor to be somewhere. And yeah. it can see through the plastic where your foot goes. That's oh, the only reason right. they're... I didn't know they were behind them. That's where the Chevy sensors are. They're oh. in that foot area. And if you look at it, there's a foot pad that is textured and then a flat face that's like out at a 45 degree angle or whatever. That's your sensor. Yep. And so a lot of people don't realize, well, in the Chevy truck. So if you remove the factory rear bumper for a tray bed or something like that, or you know some sort of upfit on the consumer version, I don't think it's an issue on the chassis cabs. But if you're doing a 2500, 3500 where you're removing the pickup bed, now you have to worry about those sensors. And that's where they are. They're in the steps of the rear bumper. Gotcha. Yep. We found that out the hard way. Um, you know, when you body drop one of these dualies that you don't want that front step or the, the bumper step. So we just went through and shaved them, never paid attention. There were sensors back there in that first one that we did. Uh, so that came back to bite us in the ass. But uh, two that we've done five of them now. Uh, the, we did the first two together. The second two, we cut little holes in the bumper. We painted the sensor, smoothed and painted the plastic, and kind of protruded it through the bumper. It doesn't look the greatest, but it keeps it functional. Um, on this 24, we went a step a little bit further, and they cut the hole into the shaver. You know, we basically built the, the piece of sheet metal that goes into the bumper. Um, they cut the inspection hole in it, and then they recessed a piece of uh, plexiglass into oh, the bumper. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. Yep. And then body worked over it. And uh, it works great. I mean, the the all the backup sensors, the, the proximity sensor, everything, it, it works great. And you don't – I'm a big fan of that. visible now. Yeah, if, if you can but, build a truck and keep all that stuff working while still having a full custom, to me that's super mm-hmm. rad because it shows like a different level of engineering acumen. Right, right. And, and that, that goes back to – to one of those deals where, where you know, I call them, you know, the, it's usually just the mini truckers that say this stuff that these, you know, these new trucks are cookie cutter and, and there's no body mods. There's plenty of body mods on one of these new trucks. You just don't see them stuff like that. You don't, you know, if you don't know that there's a sensor behind that step and then you shave that step, it still has to function and go yeah. down the road and not have all the beeping and the lights on the dash. So you have to put that sensor back in there. But you, even though you don't know that it's there, there's a mod there. Honestly, you know I, mean? I think it's kind of rad when you put that work in and somebody's like, oh, this thing sucks. It doesn't have any body work. And you're like, if you only knew. You have no idea. Because you know what? The next guy's going to copy you thinking, oh, there's nothing there. And he's going to go, wait, how did they do that? Right? Like there's right. there's something to it. I'm, I'm, I would well, be, it, it, I love it. Have you ever seen the amount of work that goes into one of these beds? Oh, it's crazy. On the dually? they're first of all we take the whole bed and raise it up two and a half inches first and then we we did that because the it's kind of like the ford you know in the ford dualies the the back glass is about two and a half three inches above the bed rail right yep uh, the the bulkhead yep you know the chevrolet the new chevrolets are kind of like that so we raised that up uh we raised the bulkhead of the whole bed up to match the bottom of the back glass so that got us about two and a half inches and then on top of that we're cutting the hips and raise the hips up another two to two and a yeah, half inches. Yeah, because the body line is on the side. So basically, like a Super Duty uses an F one fifty. It's the same cab essentially. Mm-hmm. But what yep. they did is they lowered the bed sides. The reason the F one fifty is up to the bottom of the of that rear glass, 
and a Super Duty isn't is because Ford wanted a shorter bedside so you could reach into it because the truck's taller. Oh, so it's a couple inches right. lower. So if you raise up the bed to keep the, the head of the bed, even with the bottom of the glass, now your body lines don't match. So now you got to go oh. through and make those body lines with the doors flow into the bed. And people don't realize that's a lot of freaking work, dude. Yep, we've done it five times because we, so we'll get rid of that step down there at the bottom at the same time. So we just build a whole new sheet metal panel that goes from top to bottom that has the new body lines in it, uh, you know, two and a half inches lower. Um, and then that gets rid of the fuel door on the driver's side and the step at the bottom. Uh, and then we'll just do the other side, you know, that gets rid of the step. But uh, it's a lot of work. There's so many man hours in the bed on top of raising the bed floor and doing the panels on the inside and doing the full tubs into it. There's, there's so many hours in doing one of these beds and, you know, you'll get guys call all the time. How much do one of those trucks? And you tell them, they're like, that's born a truck. I'm like, yeah, it's how, a lot of work. Okay. Without divulging your pricing structure necessarily, how many X times is it uh, more than the truck? Uh, it's, Roughly. It's, not, it's, it's a little, it's a little over what the truck cost. Okay. So, uh, but so that times include two. wheels. Okay. Uh, not quite. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I, I don't have a problem divulging prices. I, All if, right. if you're a customer, you're a customer, but it, it will cost. If you bring us this truck, you bring us the wheels in the truck, it's going to cost you somewhere around eighty to 90000 to have the, the job done. That's actually reasonable for all the labor that's into it and what you get out of it. I, I actually mm-hmm. thought it was going to be more expensive than that, being totally honest with you. I know, I, and I don't mean it in a flippant way like, oh, I can afford eighty grand because I can't, but what I'm saying is you guys have such a level of craftsmanship and I know what goes into making those trucks look like they were stock. Like, again, talking about body lines and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But to me, I was expecting it to be like 125 grand or something like that. So I'm, I'm, even though I'm not your customer in that price range and I'm more of a, uh, a spectator enjoying your mechanical art, I'm sitting here going, hey, I'm never going to be able to afford that Picasso, but I, I'd do it if I could. Like, it's reasonable. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting fleeced. <laughs> right. This 24 dually, we completed it in eight weeks. I, I picked up this truck from the dealership. We ordered it in March and didn't get it until the end of August. I think I picked it up the 26th, and I drove it for three days to make sure everything was going to be good on it. We pulled it in the shop with 421 miles and completed everything in eight weeks <laughs> and attempted to drive it to SEMA, but it didn't quite make it the whole way. Do, do that DPF BS, but there, it was two weeks. Two weeks of that was trying to figure out this DPF. Um, but the two of the guys at the shop that do bodywork on the side, paint and bodywork, they're the ones that painted the truck. And after they got done with their sheet metal work, they hightailed it to their shop to do the bodywork. So they weren't coming to work; they were just working from home um, to be able to try to complete this. In the and and that was, that included the you know complete interior color change as well within the eight weeks, but. It was a lot going on, but luckily we had, we'd gotten the F-150 done. It was sent to paint. We got the Tundra done with it somewhere within those eight weeks and we sent it to paint. So we were able to just focus on this one truck. Almost the whole shop was focused on the one truck to, to knock it out in the eight weeks. But I was going to ask you about that, Jake, is that in order to get the, anything done, any real SEMA build in that time span, you have to have all hands on deck. You work, you're working on that corner panel. I'm on this corner panel. You're on the interior. You're on wiring, and we're all working on it, just like an episode of overhauling or something. I mean, that's the only oh, way yeah. to get it done. And one man would spend three, four years on it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I mean, everyone knows what they're supposed to do, and and you got goals. You know, the end of every day, end of every week, uh, of where you want to be uh, by the end of that day or the end of that week. So. You know, sometimes we were doing good, sometimes we weren't, but 
the the interior really threw. Uh, we knew we could build the truck in eight weeks, but the interior is what. When you look at an interior and you're wanting to color change an interior of a brand new truck you've never pulled apart before, I mean, you think, yeah, there's there's 150 pieces here that we need to paint. Bull. And then does the dye match? Because some has to be dyed, some has to be painted, some has to be reupholstered. Yeah. Some like, oh my god, dude, we didn't, we're not yeah. even talking it about a... the stereos or the suede headliner or you know, whatever. Mm. We're, we're, I mean, I think that's easy stuff compared to like, like, what do you do with the uh, with the seat belts? What do you do with like? There's all this stuff you can't have black seat belts. You gotta what if you're tall like red or like, and the floor's up six inches? How, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah. You get your greasy moose spot from your hair on the ceiling. I mean, I wouldn't, but somebody would. <laughs> moose spot. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's a there's a place here in Oklahoma City called Seatbelt Planet that was able to take those guys are awesome. When, by the way, I, yeah. I, I, when when we I did a a, a 2017 F350 dually. Uh, I, I bought it from Matt Holden, the customer that we built it for. Got it from him, and it was blue and had some graphics on the side. And me and him always used to talk about. He was the blue guy, and I was the red guy, and I was like, "Oh, blue just makes you want to throw up." So I got the truck <laughs> from him, and I immediately color changed it to red. Had the our painter buddies paint it to red up, uh, and then I wanted to color change the whole interior to red. You know, just really put an emphasis of red on his old truck. You know, kind of poking at him and whatnot. But back then, they told me they could not do the seatbelt charged seatbelts. Like they were, they didn't want nothing to do with it. Uh, but for shits and giggles, I just called him whenever I got this truck. I was like, "Hey." You want to do these brand new seatbelts? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I was like, what? What? So I hauled ass up there and took them to them. They had them done in about six days. Dude, those guys, if you rip out the uh, the seatbelts on your vehicle, so like, let's say if I wanted red seatbelts in my red like, 392. What if I wanted red seatbelts in my T-Rex? So you really? take them out, you send them to Seatbelt Planet, they reweb and do everything, they put everything back together and send them back to you, ready to bolt in your vehicle. And you could yeah, do patterns for free, dude. It's crazy. You could do like uh, if you wanted to have a custom seatbelt. Let's say you're a Packers fan or something. You're like, I want a green seatbelt that has a yellow running through the middle and it says "Go Cheeseheads" or something. Yeah. They would do that for you. Really? They do all sorts of stuff. It's it's really. Uh, cool. Are there any sensors in the windings? You know where it coils up, or is there any? I guess they they can pull any of them apart. There's no like modern tech that they haven't figured out yet. Well, I know they're not on the show, but maybe we should have them, but seatbeltplanet.com, right? So okay. um, you go on there and then you can search seatbelts by year, make, and model. They've got all these different webbing colors, custom, all the stuff. And it's just, it's it's cool because I had at, I had looked at some point of maybe swapping on my seatbelts and I'm like, oh, there's a company that does that. That's pretty rad. Jake, what is the process like for someone that has a has a truck or either about to buy one, has an old one, whatever. Take us through the process. How do they get on board a Fat Fabs build? So things are ever, ever changing around Fat Fabs. Um, we, we used to do the, the $1,000 deposit deal. You know, we'd cut the BSers out. And, and you know, if you're willing to give me a $1,000 deposit and I'm going to tell you it's going to be a year, year and a half, you know, some the, – the, you know, we, we were thinking that was going to be it. Um, but you get to a point where there's so many guys that will spend a thousand dollars, just put a name on a list. And then, you know, you're coming up on their time huh. and they're like, Hey, we're that, ready. That reminds like, me oh, of a guy uh, sitting across oh, from me. Saying, no, I put a hundred dollars down on a cyber truck. You right. don't know that Jake. E- even though you knew you were never going to buy one, you just wanted to be on the list. I, to- I, I I'm just, no, I'm letting no, Jake no, know. I totally uh, understand oh, what he's saying. You're a guy. Hold on a second. 
you both. Hold on a second. I thought that I really when I'm watching the t- with the, the, the telecast. Well, I want to be cool too. Can take my hundred dollars interest free. It has nothing to do with wanting to be cool. When are you I getting hundred bucks back? Be, I don't have a freaking clue. <laughs> Never. I, maybe not. Maybe it's just like the thousand dollars that guys are giving Jake. I don't have a freaking idea. Yeah. I thought it was going to be rad. Yeah. It turns out to be a big bust. You can't even make it over like a little tiny <laughs> oh, yeah. anthill. I saw that video. Yeah, I was like, ridiculous. Dang. Like, dude, that thing is a hunk of <laughs> There's a lot of swearing on the show. Dude, you have more bleeping on this show than we've had in like the whole year. I don't know what. Jake brings it out of us. I don't know what's going on. It's funny. I talked We're to him earlier today. When I, when I called and asked him earlier today, I, I talked to Shauna's office. I'm like, do you think we could get Jake on the show? He's like, yeah, but you might have to bleep. So I'm like, bring it. Bring it. Like, Did you say yeah, no. I okay, didn't. I, was I, checking. I, I wasn't prepared. All of a sudden, now we're dropping f bombs every ten minutes. This is great. It's, it's liberating. I feel good about it. Until you go to I'm, edit. I'm pretty sure I just got a f- you a minute ago, so I feel like I'm doing. <laughs> hey, just remember which one of us did that. It was not Holman. No, no, that was that was for the room. I, I, I actually have a policy of not telling our guest to. Hold on a second. Time me. out. Time out. That was not at Jake. That was at the room collectively. I'm not sure. I'm not gonna, I believe that. It's the first time I'm talking You're to you. You're not offended me. I feel like I feel accomplished getting one of those. <laughs> Dude, I worship. Well, HR is going to talk to him after the show. So. I worship this guy's work. I'm not going to insult him to his face. I, I hope you see him at some like show, like Lone Star Throwdown or something. He walks up to you. And he's like, you know what? You too. <laughs> Pops me right in the nose. Yeah, He's just, like, yeah, that's what that comment. Yeah. <laughs> if Jake's anything like me, he plays the long game and he doesn't re- he doesn't forget easily. <laughs> so, 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 Jake, someone you're not taking a thousand bucks anymore. What is it? They got to drop the truck off to you? Like, how does it work? Oh no, we're we're up to ten thousand. It, it cuts out all the bullshit. So, uh, we, we you know we've got nine lifts in the shop. We've got eleven thousand square foot shop, which isn't big by any means, but. I got to the point where I was realizing that, you know, we would work, we work by the hour plus parts of materials, whatever, um, that I'm fronting the bill for nine guys at a time and then getting paychecks, you know, two weeks at later. And, you know, you, you have nine, 10 at one time we had 13 employees. I was like, man, I'm fronting a lot of money here. So we, we've kind of reversed that, that, you know, you're putting money into an account and when your account's low, you put more money into it. Or we don't work on your car and then you get charged store. So there's just been, it's been a, 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 a huge struggle of people paying lately. Um, there's been a huge struggle of people picking up their vehicles, stuff like that. It, it's, it's driving me absolutely bonkers uh, to keep this PG without any more bleeps or whatnot. But uh, we're, we're getting to the point. He really wanted to uh, say a but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go worse than that. But <laughs> one of the things we haven't really released any details on this, but we're, we're starting to get out of doing customer work. We're going to start, uh, doing like what we're doing with this, uh, 24 dually here with the Escalade. We're going to start building vehicles that are for sale there. We're almost, almost kind of like the custom dealership deal. You know, we, we, no. we have the, no, 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 okay, easy. no. Zero, easy. Zero, zero. All right. Lightning. That's enough. <laughs> Those are all the people, all of his customers. Oh my God! There's a guy in Germany saying it. No, 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 no. Say it ain't so, please. Getting out of the the custom business, jeez. Well, we're not getting out of the custom business, but we're gonna build what we want to build, the way we want to build it, and it's just for sale at winter, and we will enjoy them until they sell. 
Is that I've always done that uh, ever since I started doing this. Everything that I built for myself is for sale. Um, and, and usually they sell usually pretty quick. Sometimes they sell the, the red GMC dually that I had at SEMA as well. It was already sold. Would you uh, trade it for uh, human labor like a podcast host? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't. Night, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the room, Lightning. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Uh, I kind of like that. That will, so the scarcity will force the prices through the roof, which is kind of cool for you. Um, it'll yeah, allow, not, you, to, allow you to I'm take your time. To, yeah, I, I'm not looking to rip anybody's heads off on this, but I just don't want to deal with input. I don't want to deal with late payers, non-payers. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, not all customers are like this. You know, we've got, I can't, you know, hands down a, a ton of, God, there, there's a cussing again. Uh, <laughs> I've got a ton of customers that have been amazing throughout the years and still current customers that are amazing. But it just, you know, customers suck that not, once again, not all of them, the bad ones just taint the good ones. It taints life in general. You know, it, it, it just takes a toll on you. So, you know, the, the, over the last year, I've been doing a lot of thinking and, and trying to figure out like we, we've, uh, man, we've been pulling out of shows left and right. Uh, just that we know that the vendor costs of going to a show, like going to Dino's last year cost me $11,000 to go to Dino's, uh, to, for an Airbnb, the, uh, the, the booth space, the diesel to get out there, paying employees to go. Um, it was $11,000 weekend that you'll never get back. Um, your Lone Star Throwdown's the same way. Um, I've had real long talks with Lonnie. I've been supporting him for as long as I can remember and growing and growing and growing with his show. Uh, him and radar show but i just i can't do it anymore it just costs too much money realizing that you're never going to get it back which it, you know it sucks to do it just sucks that you can't that you know your brain is saying hey dummy stop doing this that there's other ways to keep your money in your pocket or or you know to to pay your guys more you know it's that's that's another struggle is paying paying your guys enough money to keep them that's uh that's been a huge struggle. And as, as far as being a business owner goes that, you know, that, that skilled worker that is, you know, you know, usually you have fabricators and you have, uh, welders. It's really, really hard to find the guy that's both. And that's what we have to specialize in. We have to have the guy that's both and to keep those guys employed and keep those guys paid and keep them happy is an enormous struggle. Um, you know, you see, you see these shops all the time hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. It's, it's, it's a constant struggle to keep these guys happy and, and employed. Uh, you know, they could go out and do it on their own, but they're going to be in the same boat as me or any other shop owner is of trying to keep somebody else happy or run into the same woes that every other business owner is running into of making sure everyone's fed. It is weird that so. you say that, Jake, because our friend uh, Ryan Kibbe, Kibbe Tech, off-road. And mm. I can't tell you the last time I didn't see a, uh, a, a we're hiring fabricators uh, Instagram story on his feed. Like, it's just constant. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I know he pays decent. I mean, I think he pays decently. I don't know where they're, where these guys are coming in and leaving to. Because if they try to start their own business, like I said, it's a slog. It's really tough. So where are they going to work for more money? I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Keep going back to this guy that owns F-150 that was at SEMA. Uh, he owns the body shop. 
here in Tulsa. He's about an hour and a half away from us. And, and, and I do this with every business owner that, that I deal with, you know, whether it's exhaust shop, uh, another uh, custom shop or, or alignment shop, it doesn't matter. I'm always asking questions. I'm always trying to learn about what they do. If there's anything that I can steal or adapt or adopt or whatever, this is what I'm trying to do. So in the middle of bullshit with him, he says, yeah, we run four tens. We actually get more work done and they get three day weekends every week. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, what are you, are you serious? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah. I was like, how much time do we spend cleaning you up every day or, or setting up in the mornings? I was like, you cut that out of there and you work an extra couple hours, four days a week. You take Friday off, sense. they get to spend time. Yeah. You, they get to spend time with their families. They get to spend time, uh, building their own projects. So I, as soon as we got back from SEMA, I immediately switches over the uh, Monday. Check it out. It's quality of life issue. So it's not even, yeah. some guys don't even, like everybody likes more money, right? But some people just want to mm-hmm. feel like you respect their personal time. And that yeah. right there is one of those things that doesn't cost you anything, but it's a huge quality of life improvement where guys are going to be like, hey man, I, I get paid well and my boss is fair. And and sometimes that's yeah. all people need. They just need to feel like you respect their time and them as people. Yeah, do you remember when I went up to Stellar Built and uh, they do Toyota off-road big, like high-dollar Toyota builds uh, in, in Sacramento, California? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be up on Friday. And he goes, we won't be here. I go, okay, I'll come up on Thursday. Why, are you guys closed Fridays? Yep, 410s. Yep, that's and they, and nice. every And everyone there loves it. So I, I, I think people are going that direction, especially in, in the line of work that you do. Yeah, you know, I hear it from my wife. My my wife works a, a a corporate job for an oil company here, and and she works every other Friday, and I think she gets uh, half a day on the the Fridays that she does work, and, and and something she's always up my ass about is like, you shouldn't have to work your ass off to make a living, and and you know you shouldn't have to work overtime to to be happy and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, that's that's all I know. Like all I know is to work seventy hours a week. Uh, and, and a lot of, a lot of the guys at the shop do the same, you know, even if they're not working at the shop, they go home and they work some more, uh, and, you know, they, they just keep turning the clock. You know, it, it, there's one guy in particular, I'm not going to say his name that works at the shop and I'm always up his ass to spend time with his daughters that, you know, my daughter is now 16. Um, I've, like I said, I've been going to SEMA since 06. I don't think I've ever spent a Halloween with her. I'm always in Vegas. I'm always at so- SEMA. Funny you say that because I've got two girls and my oldest is 16. When she was young, whenever SEMA fell on Halloween, I would drive out, work all day at SEMA, and then I would leave about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I would drive home, go mm-hmm. trick-or-treating, and then drive back to Vegas to go to to go back to the show. See, and I did that on like four totally or five do years. I that if I was in the driving distance. You're a good yeah. father, <laughs> and crazy. I'm a bad father. So I was going to SEMA, and I wasn't even in the industry. I was in radio, and I was, I've been going to SEMA for whatever, 16, 18 years. And I didn't come back, and I was just like Jake. I didn't have any Halloweens with my two well, but that was, teenage boys. So that's going to be my point is my little one is five. And this year with gas prices and time and all the stuff going on at SEMA, I wasn't able to do that for her this year. And so I missed Halloween with her. And and it sucks because my oldest, I was able to make it work. This year when I came back on Halloween, I wasn't. And it's it sucks. Like you do your best as a dad, but – it's part of providing for the family, too. So there's got to be a balance. It's really hard to find it sometimes. Looking at business, you're talking to like alignment shops and exhaust shops and all this stuff. And we mm-hmm. have our eyes on, we talked to Josh and the guys, the two brothers at Roadster Shop, and not to compare you to Roadster Shop again, but I, it's been very interesting to see what's happened to them. First, they were part of the, they sold to the Aeromotive Group, and then the Aeromotive Group changed their name to the Roadster Shop Group. So now you've got whatever it is, six, eight, 10, 12 brands that are all called Roadster Shop. Now, 
they started off making custom cars and then they started making custom chassis and they make, and I, I think, I have no idea, I think they're going to make parts because why wouldn't they? And because they've right. got such a great name, there's there's money in the chassis, the parts, all that stuff, because you're making thousands of them with profit on each one of them. And then you can make the custom one-off cars where there's lower profit um, at at your leisure. And you've got such a big name, and you've got the internet working for you. That's how I lust after all of your stuff. And um, I follow you on the gram. I follow you on YouTube whenever you guys get around to posting, because you haven't posted in a while, and I was pissed <laughs> off, you know. And um, like I think that you could sell anything that you wanted uh, in, in, in your world of lower trucks with the fat fabs name on it, guys will pay for it. You just have to make it and you got to make a lot of them. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, that we, we hear the stories in, in, you know, I, I didn't know about this aeromotive stuff. I, I don't keep up with a whole bunch of the rest of the industry type of deal. I just kind of keep to my, I stay in my lane and kind of do my deal. Um, but one of the things that you do hear about is, you know, roadster shop having a, they sell a thousand frames a year, it's a two-year wait list to get a chassis, blah, 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 that type of stuff. So um, one, we're, we're, we're venturing out and going into the muscle car market. Um, we've already started in the four-wheel drive markets. We did a contract with a, a company in Connecticut. We're, we're doing 10 four-wheel drive K5 chassis. Um, we've got the first one, R&D, that's running and driving. Um, once we know everything's 100% on it, we'll pull it back apart and we'll jig everything, powder coat it, and put it back together ship it back to Connecticut and then we mass produce the rest of them. No kidding. Um, they've since one is they've since one does to do some Range Rover or I think it's Range Rover, Land Rover. I don't know what the hell it is. But they <laughs> jumped off a body. <laughs> so we're gonna be doing these uh Range Rovers, I think it is. So we'll be building chassis for them, doing those as well. Um on top of that, my kind of favorite car is a a 70 to 72 Chevelle. So I own one. It's got an LT1 in it from an 18 Camaro. Um, it'll be going in the shop soon. So we're going to start offering muscle car chassis as well. So we're, we're on that path to, to broaden outside of just trucks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be doing coilover chassis for the, uh, the muscle cars and, and, you know, the, the, these K5 chassis, we're under, we're under contract for the first year. We can't offer these to anybody else, um, until then, but, you know, we'll eventually get into the four wheel drive C10s and, and, you know, the other stuff that's becoming popular other than just air ride and, and lowering trucks. So, you know, just trying to broaden what we do and, and what we can do for whenever we do transition to just building trucks for sale, that we're going to have a, a even larger product line um, to be able to offer all these chassis. It's awesome, I, dude. I feel like we're breaking news here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's breaking news. I haven't really told a whole lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> about it, Damn. We'll take it, right? Huh. You kind of got a, you kind of got me open booked over here. I love it. That that's that's awesome. Look, look. The bottom line is, Jake. Good engineering is good engineering. It doesn't really matter what you what you make because people will appreciate quality fabrication, quality workmanship. No, and, for sure. and, and you can spot it a mile away. That's how we started this conversation with you know door gaps and stuff like that. Like you've got an eye for the detail and that's what guys are, are willing to pay for and there's no shortage of guys our age you know 40 on up that have money that want a you know that want a camaro that want a you know that want a lower truck mm -hmm. or whatever whatever it is that you're or a four-wheel drive your know, range rover or a k5 blazer like they've got the money to and if you're if you're the guy that's making the best one out there you've got their their cash so congrats yeah, and, and you don't you don't even have to be the best one out there you you just have to put out a quality product in a timely manner is, is kind of like my, 
my uh, I don't know what what you, what you call it, but the, the motto, the 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 motto, I guess you'd say. You know, it. You know, we're we're uh, you know, I just want to. That's something that we pride ourselves on a lot is keeping all of our kits in stock, uh, and that's something that you know during the middle of COVID, you know, you call any one of these other shops that, that are competitors directly to us and they're months out on, on their kits or, or you see people posting all the time on Facebook that I haven't heard from so-and-so in six months when I ordered my parts, like Jesus, six months. How do you, how do you live like that? So, you know, that's one of the things I'm up Sean's ass every day is to make sure all that the kits are on the shelf, four links are on the shelf. Uh, you know, front airbag kits are on the shelf. Everything's on the shelf. Like, if you order it, it ships that same day or the next day. Whenever Sean gets around to typing in on ups.com or whatever the hell he does, I don't know what he does every day. <laughs> as long as the stuff goes out, you know what I mean. He doesn't uh, know what his lead but, employee does. He just as long as the as long as the stuff gets done, he's good with it. Listen, that, that tells you how good Sean is. He just takes care of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Don't don't uh, don't get rid of him. I hear Sean's are really valuable, very very oh, yeah. valuable. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. not all Sean's. <laughs> oh yeah, all his, of them. His Sean, yeah, his yeah, shop all, foreman. All of us. No, yeah, no, no. Just that. We Sean. are great <laughs> people. <laughs> all right, dude. We super super uh, appreciate the time. I, we figured, ah, oh, he'll come on. He's he's in Oklahoma. It's kind of late. You know, he'll he'll come on for half an hour, and we've wasted like ninety minutes of your of your night. And we don't even feel guilty hey, it's about really it. Past my bedtime, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we appreciate that, and so we'll let everybody know. Uh, Fat Fabs. That's p h a t p h a b z dot com. Uh, check them out. They're in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Website's awesome. You got they, photos, they, videos. If you want them to so, build your truck, they don't want your business. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, I, I'm not sure that's what he wanted no? to, our well, listeners that's, that's, to get out of the conversation. That's not the takeaway? I don't think oh. so. I don't think hey, so. Hey, Jake, Jake, will you make me one <laughs> yeah. promise? This is lightning speaking. Will you make me one promise? Okay. Don't do it. Will you make some more goddamn videos? <laughs> Seriously, hey, hey, I you you teased me about a year ago. You had some new <laughs> some new dude walking around with a Canon 5D Mark III shooting videos, and they were nice and they were artsy. And you were showing me just a little bit, and then I don't know if you fired him or where the dude went, but no more videos. And I am dying, yeah. I am dying, dying, dying to see a build from start to finish. Like I want to see. Right. An actual Fat Fabs build where you get the brand new truck and you tear it apart, and I see all the welding Dude, and all that. I'm stuff. I'm gonna save you a lot of time. You're in Oklahoma. Stick up a game camera in the corner of the shop, and then just post up a feed from that thing. Dude, I'll watch it. I will not get any we, work we done. We discussed that actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sean, you know the 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 shop manager or whatever you want to call him, he used to do all of our videos back in the day. Like that was part, you know, he ran the, uh, he ran the lathe. He did a lot of the machine work and the rest of his time he would film. So that's how we got by and started building up YouTube or, or social media or whatever. But since then, you know, his, his duties daily uh, continue to grow and grow and grow. And he just didn't have time to do it anymore. So we finally bit the bullet. We hired a guy to come in. Uh, you know, that was what you're discussing the, we're back type of deal. Um, things didn't work out with that gentleman, uh, but you'll be happy to know we test drove another guy last week or earlier this, yes. yeah, it was like last week. So there, yes. there will be, there should be um, a new video popping up about the 24 Dually and the 21 Escalade that just right. came back from SEMA. So hopefully we'll have something soon. So if you want to find him on Facebook, it's Fat Fabs. If you want to find him on Instagram, it's Fat underscore Fabs. And if you want to find them on uh, YouTube, uh, Fat Fabs. And so uh, check them out. 
rad shop, rad products. The quality's off the hook. Uh, we've been big fans for a long time and just super stoked that you would uh, come hang out with us for way too long. If we find ourselves in OK, can we can we grab beers? Oh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Make sure it's on a Friday because I'm off work. <laughs> <laughs> right on, brother. All right. Thank Thanks. you, Jake. You, you, bud. you are the best. Congrats. Appreciate it, guys. All Good right. talking. See you. All right. Later. All right. Later. I'm just saying I still have. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, he's my hero. Just saying. I'm not going to uh, dignify that uh, with any further response. How dare you? All right. Five-star hotline time. Show called the five star hotline six five seven two oh five six one oh five. It's the five star hotline. Hotline six five seven two oh five sixty one oh five's five star hotline. So it got pretty easy to get tired of hearing you guys argue about how cool a mini is and how not cool a Honda is and so on. But what you're bringing about is the fact that. You really need to have some serious discussion about the vehicular arsenal that supports the truck for most people. And a lot of people don't drive the truck every day, not practical for a variety of reasons, as you have already started talking among yourselves about. So you end up with some other thing to drive, and it's usually cast off from some other family member or just like yours are, or some piece of crap that you just picked up because you had to have something and you end up driving something uh, sometimes embarrassing. I've spent a good bit of time recently in a in a Volkswagen Jetta, and that's pretty out of character. I will reveal the identity of this caller here pretty soon, but it's uh, out of character, but it does have a TDI and a five-speed, which I figure makes it cool because if it burns diesel, it's way cooler. So I think you could probably have a whole segment of the show about what to have to support having a truck in the driveway to do what you need to do when you need truck things. So here at the end, this is Steven from Offroad Design. So I knew it. I I'm knew driving it. around in my Jetta, like I said, <laughs> a little out of character. See? But right now I'm in a K20, about an 82 K20. I do have some manhood intact, and <laughs> we will party on from there. So uh, I guess we just need to keep in mind that none of it. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, everything matters. <laughs> That's it. Bye, guys. Yes. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. 657-205-6105 is the five-star hotline. Five-star. 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 Hotline. This is Stephen Watson calling back again. Just came back to the podcast on a different day, and you guys are still blathering on about <laughs> the Honda. What? So you guys just need to shut up. Lightning, shut up already. John, you can shut up too. Oh, nice. Wow. Both of you, shut up. Wow. Seems very, very hard. Five funny. stars. Oh, that's right. He gave us a five stars despite the shut up. Well, five star review. Five stars. Oh, wait. Hold on. He just, he just called back. Oh, my God. Lightning, <laughs> shut the F up. Shut up, Lightning. Shut up! <laughs> Lightning, shut up! Okay. I mean, he's not wrong. No. Light, bright, and whole shots. Ben, 406 Garage. Just listening to the last couple episodes here, and I uh, made a comment about 
during all those old vehicle discussions about, uh, hey, if you're driving a Peterbilt or a Spud truck across Idaho or wherever, go ahead and scream at your dashboard or pound on your steering wheel. Well, I'm driving a long hood P379 across the great state of Montana, so I thought I'd give you guys a call. And I did hear the podcast, Jay, about the Mini Cooper. You got a little butt hurt there. <laughs> good, brother. The Mini Cooper is still at the 406 garage. Oh, nice. Eject the building. It did not leave. Wow. The Wait, My hold on. Pause. Oh, I'll pause. I'll pause. Pause. You. Okay. I want to. He was the one that on. told me. He, on. he told me he was he was selling it. Okay. Here's the thing, guys. I, I want everybody who listens to the podcast to understand something. Lightning will. Um, He'll latch on to a fact. Whether he knows if it's true or not, it becomes a fact. And then he will have an entire uh, thesis on something based on this fact. And sometimes we'll be talking and I'll look at him and I go, but you don't know that's true. And he goes, yeah, you're right, I don't. And it basically takes five minutes of conversation. It completely invalidates it. And this is yet again Lightning being like, he sold it. What an you that bastard! And you're like, oh wait, I didn't, need, hey, I didn't need to do any of that. Holman, Holman, yeah, you, you understand they listen, right? Yeah, I'm just like, saying they already knew that. <laughs> they get no, it. but they don't know yeah, like do. how deep it goes. Yes, they do. They don't know that we have these conversations where it's like, you don't know that's true, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll have, I just I just roll over. We'll and play have dead. a thirty minute conversation on something based on falsehoods and it's, no, no theory. I the theory. <laughs> theory. Okay, uh-huh. Let, let's let Ben finish. Uh huh. 7 OBS Ford F350 crew long with a power stroke. And he is happy as clams. Oh, so, all right. I, I think he's telling me here that as uh, his son, right. who we, I, I sold the Mini to Ben for his son on the cheap um, because he was like 14 and like he was going to build it and work on it for two years. And so we turned 16. He had a really rad racer. I guess there's a mini scene up in Bend, Oregon. Anyway, so I guess his son now has a 97 OBS Ford F350 crew cab. Long, Sick. Which is, which is oh, I can't complain. I, I, that's I awesome. Mean, so that's, that is rad, Ben. It's all good, man. We kept it as a commuter. We're still ripping it around. My older son actually enjoys, enjoys driving it quite a bit. So the mini lives on, my friend. I still love you. It's all good, Jay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Holman. I'm driving this long hood Pete 379 right now. You keep threatening that you're going to come visit, take you for a ride in it, so we can show you what this left lane large car mafia is all about. Let's do uh, it. Man, my phone's not ringing. You're not showing up. I don't know what's up. Been a little busy lately. That's because (laughs) that's because Mr. Sean Holman says he's going to go visit everyone and then never does. That's what happens. Mm, Not how many times has Lightning been up there? You went up there to sell a car. I would have gone up there anyway. I would have. I would have. More theory? I, I didn't have. To. Yeah, of course it's theory. <laughs> okay, just checking. Dude, we went to the coolest outdoor restaurant at bar and saw live music and stuff, and it was uh-huh. it was bitching. I've been dying to go again. And my wife, even, who doesn't like to travel that much, she's like, I'll go up. It sounds cool, because I showed her pictures of Ben's spot okay. at 406 Garage, and she's like, oh, I'm all about that. So we, we Ben, you're listening to me. I know a couple months ago it didn't work out. I was supposed to come up at the beginning of summer. But we are coming up because I love your hood up there. Hope you guys are having a great day. Love the podcast. Five stars. And mount those parameters because she was the original. Peace out. Master monitor key engine parameters. 657-205-6105 five-star hotline. Hey, guys. This is Calvin again. Thinking about it a little bit more. I'm on episode... 
140 something uh when Emmy went with the Rivian pickup for her race and I'm blanking on a lot of that. It's been a long day. Almost to episode 300. I've only got like 150 episodes or so to go. Um something I I heard on a different podcast um which is only because you guys only released that one episode. They were talking about Toyota and the uh the hybrids and just about how Toyota is not necessarily in on the all-electric vehicles. Um, not that they're necessarily opposed either, but they really like the idea of hybrids. Hy- yeah, because, I mean. I think that might have actually been us. It was us. No, no, no <laughs> we, we, we definitely <laughs> talked about that. He was listening to the Truck Show podcast, not realizing it was the Truck Show podcast. But that was back in time. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about it. Wondered what you guys had to think about that. I'd love to hear more stuff about the new Toyota pickups, um, being that they only like to change every, I don't know, 10 years at this point. Um, I know there was a little bit of information when the new Tundra came out, and then there will probably be some when the new Tacoma finally releases. But I am uh, looking at finding an older Nissan Titan because while I love my old K1500, sometimes you just got to, Got to move on to something else. So I'd love to hear the drop where the kid says, I don't know. I'm just a kid. I don't watch the news. <laughs> so one of my favorites. All right. Bye. Okay. I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. <laughs> this is so funny. There's a lot of drops that are dumb yeah. and get really annoying yeah. from you. I like that one. That one won't eat. There's no... Homer could have had the crappiest day in the world. I can play that drop, and it puts a smile still on his laughs. face. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm a kid. I don't watch the news. It's just... I don't know why. Uh, what was he talking about? I, I forgot. Oh, Toyotas and hybrids. Yeah. So uh, just keep listening, because we eventually get there again. And, <laughs> and also for the, you Toyota fans out there, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, chief engineer of the Tacoma on the show. Hell yes, please. And he said yes. Oh. Um, but we're trying to figure out dates because of there's so much stuff going on. So it'll probably be... Uh, toward the end of this year, uh, maybe really early next year, but we're working on that right now. And also uh, probably going to have Juan DePena from Ford with mm-hmm. Ranger back yeah, on because yeah, yeah, Rangers yeah. are getting released very soon. Uh, so he's got some updates there. And then I'm also working on uh, uh, either Super Duty or F-Series Engineer and then also uh, GM as well. So I'm, I'm trying to get all the stuff. And it's Dang. just it's, it's hard because we record at night on the West Coast. We don't so have enough really shows yeah. between now and the end of the year <laughs> for you to fit all that stuff no, no, in. No, no, no. There'll, there'll be some stuff that fades in. But we're, we're constantly working to get those types of guys on. And, and we're, you know, like I said, it's, it's on the radar. So stay tuned. So it's time that we introduce you guys to our newest cast member. Are we cast members? No, we're not cast members. That was weird. Yeah. This isn't Disneyland. So what is it? He's our newest family member? The newest member of the Truck Show podcast. How about that? Okay, doesn't have to be weird. Okay, doesn't have to be fancy. We're not this. Listen, this is the least corporate corporation out there. Yeah, we are not a cast. (laughs) We're not a cast. We're (laughs) we're we're barely a loose knit group of people that come together on a weekly basis to put out a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to introduce you guys to Dave Graham, who is now helping with our social media feeds. Let's dial him up. Truck Show Podcast. This is Dave. How can I help you? Yeah, yes. there we go. Whoa, what? All right. We got to win. I was thinking, man, what kind of circus act did I sign up to work with? These guys are a hot mess. <laughs> oh, well, that's the case anyway. It's working now. That's awesome. Right? All right. Hold on. We can't talk to you. We have a quick intro. Don't move, Dave. Yo, the Truck Show. <laughs> Who 
for this a truck show interview you don't want to miss we talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry how'd you blow up how'd you come to be who dis who dis truck show represent you know <laughs> so man i tell you i was wondering i was like what are these guys gonna pull out for uh for the introduction uh for dave graham man and uh who dis but i tell you what i am not a top dog in the industry i'm just a just a lucky guy to be part of this. No, uh, no, no. no, you're, you're, no you're a top no. guy in uh, in our little world because you have stepped up and uh, decided that you wanted to uh, help us out with social, which we desperately needed. So uh, we uh, wanted to give you a uh, intro commensurate with your uh, your help in keeping us sane. I am flattered. Yeah, it's a man. I tell you, it's a super happy, super excited to be part of the team. Uh, when I, we talked earlier on the phone call, man, I've been leeching off of you guys since uh, 2018. I was driving uh, from San Antonio up to uh, Lifted Truck Nationals in Branson, and uh, I was listening to C10 Talk, and it like it, it, it's a great podcast. Don't get me wrong, but I, I wanted more truck information on my way up to Lifted Truck Nationals, so I did a Google search. And you guys, I think, were the very first one that came up, obviously, right? Truck podcast. See, I told um, Lightning this. He goes, we don't come no, no, up. No, no, we no, don't no. come up. And I was like, dude, we do come up. It's your it's your cookies and your cash that are throwing it off. And so when I would search for Truck Show Podcast or Truck Podcast, we would always be first, followed by the guys from TFL. And then whenever Lightning would do it, it would be some you know weird, uh, obscure porn. No, it's not porn. <laughs> Come on out. Not, not even surprised, right? <laughs> so, Dave, we need to back up and tell everyone that you have a history in trucks. You are a true enthusiast. Uh, you're not just some schmo that we reached out to and said, hey, can you help us with our social media? You're legit. So you were, you've been with SD Wheel. You're a truck. Let's go back. You tell us the story. How did you become a truck enthusiast and where we are and get us to where we are today? Gosh, man, like this, it, this, this quite literally is my life story. So my great grandfather, uh, he started a trucking company out of Upper Michigan hauling uh, lumber and heavy equipment. So I spent the, the vast majority of my childhood, especially in the summer months, riding around the country with my dad in, uh, in an 18 wheeler. Um, and then, you know, as soon as I was old enough to hold the grease gun, I was on the creeper underneath the trucks helping my dad uh, it just work away. Very first vehicle that I ever had was a 2000, no, not a 2000. What am I thinking? Uh, 1982 uh, Ford Ranger. And uh, 13 days after I bought it, I rolled it too oh, fast oh, on the dirt. No. Yeah, oh, we've all dude. been there, right? And you got to make that call to dad like, hey, please come help. So I did. Um, and, and I wanted to, right? As a 16-year-old kid, I just wanted to dump the truck. I wanted to get like a little sports car or something fun. Like that was going to be a good idea. But uh, my dad and my grandfather were like, nope, we're going to take this truck. We're going to rebuild it and we're going to learn from it. So I ended up with a 82 and 83 uh, Ford Ranger. And man, that thing was, uh, it was ugly. It was like 13 different colors, but <laughs> yeah, we replaced the cab. We, uh, we sanded everything down. We painted it. Well, it's cool because own, you're actually right? just ahead of your awesome. time because uh, they eventually all looked like that. Just from age. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, but that thing, man, it, no power steering, no power brakes, no power windows. It was as, as base model as you could possibly get. But, man, I love that truck. And I didn't appreciate it at the time. But looking back, man, what an experience driving that thing. Uh, so let's see. Uh, so eventually, 
I graduated high school and I'm so thankful for my parents uh, and my grandparents. That, so I left high school. I joined the Air Force and San Bernardino. So just down the street from you guys is my first duty station. And man, I loved it out there and just continued uh, like Chaparral Motorsports and hanging out over there and just having a good time uh, in the desert. Um, and then I moved up, uh, moved up to South Dakota. That two wheel drive wasn't cutting it in the snow. So I sold it, found myself in a Kia. That was a horrible decision, the worst eight months of my life. Um, so I waited for a snowstorm and, and uh, went into the Chevy dealership and walked away with the 2011 Silverado. And uh, once I got into that Silverado, like that, that modification bug just hit so hard. Um, so I, again, a Google search, and I ended up at uh, SilveradoSierra.com. And for five years, I ended up being a moderator at that website, just helping other people enjoy their experience. And it was the fellowship. It was the camaraderie. It was the community at the, at SilveradoSierra.com. I just loved it. Eventually we ended up buying a camper, my wife and I, and we started exploring and like every camper salesman, he said, Oh yeah, your truck will tow that fine. It, it didn't tow it fine. If only we had a tow us to, uh, to help us with that. <laughs> How case. dare so, you? Was, How dare you? The truck wasn't towing. So I went out and I bought a, uh, 2014 LML Duramax. And man, there is nothing like the torque of that truck. But uh, so I started just like I did with the 1500. I started modifying it. And one of my buddies reached out to me. He was like, man, you're on SilveradoSierra.com all the time. You're doing these modifications and, and you're putting all these great big blog posts and you're sending all of these customers to these companies. Why don't you just reach out to them and ask for a discount? So I did that. Uh, I reached out to Anthem Off-Road Wheels, which is part of SD Wheel. And uh, I started running the Anthem wheels and I kept promoting from them. And eventually at that point, I was looking at getting out of the Air Force. So I traded in my truck for a, uh, it was an Infiniti Q, no, excuse me, an Infiniti Q50, super fun car to drive. Nice car. But, uh, you know, so I emailed the, te- the, the owner of the company and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I traded in my truck. I can't promote for you anymore. Um, and, and the owner immediately replied, he said, no, Dave, totally understand uh, appreciate everything you've done for us and uh, best of luck with the rest of your, uh, with the rest of your career. The very next day I got a text message from that same guy. He said, Hey, we're looking for somebody to run our social media. You interested? <laughs> nice. Right. So I was still active duty. I wasn't really looking for a, a second gig, but like, that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. That's what my passion was, was interacting with customers and being part of that community and part of the fellowship. Um, just loved it. So uh, seven years I was with Anthem Off-Road Wheels. Uh, everything from the social media manager, creative lead, uh, content creator, uh, that initial customer engagement, every bit of it. And uh, seven years I did that. And then, you know, coming out of COVID, everything kind of shifted a little bit. Um, a decision was made within the company to uh, keep everybody in-house. And because I was a remote worker, um, I, got, I got the cut. Um, I say that, but man, it, the Anthem family absolutely love that crew and the whole team up there in Appleton, Wisconsin, um, a, an amazing team. And I still on my Jeep and on my Silverado, I'm still running Anthem off-road wheels and, and still uh, singing their praises. So it just, it just didn't work out at that time, you know, about a year of not being actively involved with that customer engagement in the automotive community. You guys said, Hey, we're struggling with the podcast socials. Um, anybody, I think you were looking for like a college kid to work for free. Yeah, yeah, something, like, something well, like that. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. <laughs> send you T-shirts and an eye dash. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So it, uh, so I, I'm a college kid, right? So I did my 24 years in the Air Force, and now I'm working on my graduate <laughs> degree uh, in marketing with a, with a focus on public relations. And I'm thinking, well, I've got a little bit of spare time. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Let me just uh, let me shoot Jay a message. And uh, that's how we ended up here. And like I said, man, just super honored to be part of this team. Um, the community is great. I've been leeching off of you guys since 2018. And uh, happy to be part of the community. Happy to continue giving back. Well, we we appreciate it, and I, you know the reason we want to have you on is because if people have been following our socials lately, they know it's been more active. There's been some uh, responses, and uh, that's Dave ninety percent of the time, maybe ninety eight percent of the time. I love so it's fun. I got to be honest with you, Dave. Since you started a couple weeks back, you've been posting stuff that I get to interact with as a fan. And it's funny that I don't think that people, our listeners, under realize that Lightning Jay Tillis is commenting on Truck Show podcast stuff. Some do. Some yeah, one like, guy was like, who's that douchebag? What do you know, you <laughs> dumbass? Mean, it was awesome. They had no, no idea that I like own Truck Show podcast or whatever, like with, with Sean here. But I think it's... Uh, I think it's really refreshing to see your take on it. And then obviously Holman and I are sending you stories and we're interacting and the whole thing, but like we get to be fans of the content that you're posting for the truck show podcast. I don't know. It's all very circular and cool. Um, I'm, I'm grateful. So what I wanted to express to you, Dave, publicly in front of everyone is that Holman and I have talked about, even when we were with motor trend, it was hard to get help because there are people that have social media positions, and I'm sure you knew plenty of them when you're in, in that role. People that have the job that maybe even got a degree in public relations or social media or new media, as they called it back in the 90s and early 2000s. But they don't know anything about trucks. So they don't know the lifestyle. They, they, they drive a car. They don't understand four-wheel drive. They don't, like There's so many things they don't get. And when you came across our radar and you were a legitimate, hardcore truck enthusiast that had a skill set of knowing how to t- knowing how to talk to guys and and relating wheels tire suspension gears stereos everything like it, it was a no-brainer to to welcome you into the fold so and, so what and he's trying to say is thank you that's a really long way of saying <laughs> t-h-a-k-y-o-u thank you thank you and that's what i was trying to say yes so, uh, Aww, my heart is warm. You guys are awesome. We, we wanted to make sure um, that people yeah. knew who you were, that they were uh, interacting with. And, uh, and just, I appreciate it, uh, because there's a lot of stuff that goes be, uh, you know, on behind the scenes. And as we ramp up with you and kind of get you into some more stuff, I just, uh, couldn't appreciate the help more. And it's, it's awesome that you're a, uh, a fan on top of it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to say a, a friend of old Lightning and Holman's now. I think so, too. But also, Holman, you Aww. know, he, he is cooler than us because he was in the freaking Air Force. And uh, and you're an Air Force geek. Well, I, I, I love aviation. I love uh, I love military. I love all that stuff. And uh, I will say that today is, uh, as we record this, is Veterans Day. So I would be remiss if I didn't say uh, thank you for your service. And to all of our uh, fans out there uh, who have served, we appreciate all of you guys. And the other thing I'll say is uh, today was the uh, first flight of the B-21 uh, Raider. The, the next uh, uh, stealth bomber flew for the first time today, too. Yeah, so, what an amazing aircraft, man. The, the capability so cool. of that thing it truly is unbelievable. So I've been, uh, um, I've been nerding out on, on that all day with every photo that's been taken and, and all the sights and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I hope that at some point 
I can meet you over at Wright Patterson Air Force Base to the world's most amazing uh, airplane museum, essentially. Uh, it's the only museum, I think, in the world that rivals the Smithsonian Air and, Sma- uh, Air and Space Museum. Uh, Wright Patterson Air-, Air Force Base in Ohio. And there, um, th- that museum you cannot walk through in a day. It's impossible. And they have these uh, uh, remote hangars. One is the R&D hangar where there's all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, SR-71, uh, XB-70 Valkyrie, the only one that's surviving. And then they have the uh, presidential hangar where they have like the old Air Force Ones and all that kind of stuff. It's just an amazing place. It's probably the only place you can see an Apollo, a Gemini, a Mercury uh, capsule all sitting there together outside of the Smithsonian. And, and in there, they've got this uh, rocket pavilion where you see, you know, Minutemen missiles. And it's just, you sit there and you, you I, I love that stuff. And so one of these days I'm coming out to meet you and we're, we're going to go spend a day in the museum. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Uh, you're right. Just the ability to walk through all those old aircraft and observe the history, man. And the people who fought before us, it, just a humbling, humbling experience. So awesome. Super cool to do. And, and like I said, guys, I'm super thankful. Uh, the whole time I've been listening, it's, it's like drinking beer with some buddies, right? Uh, Hey, I, I know you guys talk about your sports cars back in the day. I had a 89 CRX with a two twelves in the back. I couldn't yes. put anything behind that thing. Nice. Um, hold on. Hold on. What kind of speakers what and what amp? Wait, well, right, Dave, 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 what speakers and what, what amp? Oh, dude, this is like 20 years ago. I know. Um, you, I know that, you know, like, I went to the Navy PX and I think I got the, the postal exchange. Uh, or post exchange rather. Uh, and I think I got whatever was on sale. It was, uh, it definitely was not Alpine. Uh, not at that time. I was just happy to be able to afford something with some thump. Did you buy the prefab box? Was it a sealed enclosure, ported? No, he just left uh, two subs sitting on the uh, back. It just fluttered. <laughs> <CRX>, yeah. <laughs> no, right. So I was in San Bernardino, so who knows where that box came from? But it was crazy uh, Gideons in LA <laughs> uh, on the corner of the street, and I, I walked in and said, "You need a box for two twelves." That's a little tiny car for two twelves. I mean, that is like sitting in the speaker box. Yeah, but we were in our 20s, right? Like, what? of course. What? Oh, no, I love it. What? Now, I can't hear because my eardrums got blown out, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Dude, I love that stuff. I told you about the RX-7 that I put two fifteens in and it blew the back window out. Like, I mean, it was, <laughs> that was so much fun back then. Yeah, I, I mean, I got a taste of it now with my JL box and uh, it's only two tens facing down, sealed enclosure in the TRX, but it thumps, dude. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome Dave Graham to the Truck Show podcast team. He is one of us. He's going to be helping out on social. So if you see like an like an I reference, like we, I, it could be Dave. It could be Lightning. It could be Holman. He's part of the crew now. So a big, warm bear hug. Is it? Are bear hugs warm? Yeah, I think they are. I'll just clap. Uh, right? Okay, we'll oh, just clap. Uh, don't, is, don't make it weird, Lightning. <laughs> I, don't. I don't know that I'm comfortable with... Uh... With big warm bear hugs, especially <laughs> no. from YouTube. I think that's uh, I think that's, <laughs> that's fair. safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fair. All right, fair. all right, Dave. Well, we uh, we appreciate you and uh, thanks for helping us out because uh, you will be an integral part of this uh, uh, poorly oiled machine going forward. <laughs> no, my pleasure, guys. Like I said, thanks. I'm super excited to be part of the team, and uh, I look forward to being and uh, being part of this community and just helping it grow and move forward. T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U Thank you, thank you Bye, Dave. (laughs) All right, you're the man. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. All right. All right, homie, give it up for Dave. Well, I have to clap too, Dave. Yes. And also Jake. 
Pussy. who apparently allowed you to call him a mother. <laughs> I had to bleep that. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. Officially, our most bleeped episode ever. <laughs> I've never there's had. Gotta, to, there's got to be a lot. I've never had to bleep us over the music before. No, that's new. That, yeah, I, I screwed up the music. Yeah, we're trust me, we're uh, trying new things for the end of 23. I don't. Into no, hold on. We have gone 320 some odd episodes. Uh huh. And we've been very family friendly until this one. Yeah, well, what we're happened? punchy. <laughs> Just, we're punchy. It happens. Yeah. Uh, listen, guys, follow us on social and meet our friend Dave Graham uh, at Truck Show Podcast, at LBC Lightning, at Sean P. Holman. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all the great stuff. Leave a five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Or you can email either of us, Holman at Truck Show Podcast, Lightning at Truck Show Podcast, or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Leave us a review. And don't forget to send us your events so we can put those on the website, truckshowpodcast.com, uh, and put them in our calendar. Yeah, um, I want to thank you guys for emailing us suggestions on how to uh, who, who to book for our upcoming guests. We've had some good ones. Um, Jake was one of them. Yeah. So it was... Uh, Basically, the guy's like, how many times are you going to talk about Fat Fabs and not have Jake on the show? Yeah. Like, all right, well, well now's the time. Now we did it. Yeah. It turns out all you got to do is make a phone call. I, I was stunned. Do I have a list of 30 guests that are on my radar? Mm-hmm. Oh, also got, I forgot to tell you, in addition to, remember the XTF? XTF? No, what is that? The Factory Fives? Yes. The Raptor. Oh, the, oh, the chassis. Right. Yeah. The, 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 basically putting an F-150 on a full like tube tubular chassis. chassis. Yes. They're coming on the show. When? Uh, talk to Soon. Nate, the marketing guy. Yeah. He's like all about it, dude. So got him the link and we're going to get him on the show too. And they're going to talk about uh, Factory 5 Racing. You know, they're known for Cobras and Daytonas and things like that. And the story about how they became the, tr- you know, got into the truck is sort of like a pet project that blew up and all of a sudden they had to do. It's really cool. Can't wait for him to tell you guys about it. But uh, got those guys coming on to talk about their XTF build. Nice. Is there somebody that you guys have been following on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube that you think we should have on? Let us know. Again, or hit me, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com or home at truckshowpodcast.com, and we will reach out at our leisure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not, that's not wrong. I mean, that's not wrong at all. Right? All right. Uh, and not to give you guys any more homework, although it feels like uh, we're giving you homework going into the holidays. Dude, but- we gave them a lot of good show. We did. Like, this we was did. a lot so of we're good gonna show. So we're going to ask a lot of you. Guys, just uh, pick out your favorite episode ever, share it on your Facebook, grab the link off of wherever you listen to it, share, drop it in Facebook, tell your friends about it, help us grow the show and keep the podcast uh, going. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Just like we appreciate Nissan with the Titan and its five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the Titan crushes. It is a phenomenal truck. If it's not on your radar, get it on your radar. And uh, if you're looking for maybe a midsize pickup, the Frontier is the one to go and check out at your local Nissan dealer or NissanUSA.com. And if you've got a uh, diesel truck, you definitely know about Banks Power. But did you know that they make products for the Wrangler JL as well? What? That's right. Uh, If you've got a Wrangler JL and you're looking for a great exhaust that'll make your 2-liter or 3.6 sound better with no drone, then you want to head over to BanksPower.com, available for both the 2-liter turbo, which sort of sounds like a vacuum cleaner, and the 3.6, which sort of just sounds like a minivan or passenger car. Mm. Get some attitude back, BanksPower.com. And, oh, by the way, they also make a fantastic cold air intake. Not a hot air on a stick, but an actual enclosed air box that has new filter material and a Hemholtz resonator to make sure that it sounds good but doesn't drone. Go to bankspower.com, type in your year, make and model to find yours.
Hey guys, it's Miles, your producer here. Yeah? Sorry uh -huh. I'm late. Let's get this show started. Are you ready to call <laughs> um, Jake from Fat Fabs? But be careful. You, we already... I hear he curses a lot. Our editing <laughs> software only allows us to use four beeps per episode. Is that, oh, is that true? <laughs> That's fucked. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast.